0: Thank you thank you gentlemen and done Hey
1: guys brand new podcast uh, I think you're getting the theme now We podcast on Tuesday vlog on Wednesday podcast on Thursday and then drop a vlog during the weekend somewhere. Uh, that's my that's my setup so check sign into my YouTube channel uh, subscribe if you don't know my YouTube channel just go to Burperbert.com Bert, at Burperbert.com Bert, you can see all my tour dates. Like the fact that I'm at the Ice House on February 12th. Uh, I'm, at, I'm doing a set at the Comedy Store on the 16th. Oh, for Ari Shafir's storytelling, I'm hosting it that night. I'm at the Hard Rock Casino in Sioux Falls, Sioux City on the 17th. Omaha the 18th. Listen, just go to BertBertBert.com. You can find my YouTube channel, my Twitter, my Facebook, my tour dates. Everything is there. Uh, and you can go to BertCast if you want to get a shirt or whatever. Or a mug. Or a mug. Um, thank you, everyone, for downloading the Adam Corolla podcast last week. A record fucking numbers for me. And thank you once again, Adam, for taking the time to do that. Today's podcast is fucking fantastic. I met this guy in West Nyack probably six years ago. I want to say six years ago. But I kept running into him, and he had this amazing set in in Montreal uh, that was like literally everyone was talking. He's, uh, anyway, uh, hold on. Let me not do his intro right now. My wife's here.
2: I am here. Hey, Leanne. Hi, Bert.
1: Um, Is there anything you'd like to talk about today?
2: Well, I just wanted to let everybody know that this episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter the offer code BERTCAST at checkout, and you'll get 10% off. Squarespace, build it beautiful.
1: Squarespace, build it beautiful. And thank you, Squarespace. I'm sure you'll probably walk into the middle of the podcast somewhere and say hi. Oh,
2: Of course. Oh,
1: that's fantastic. Uh, This podcast, I've already recorded, uh, obviously, and it might be one of the best podcasts I've ever done. Uh, It is hilarious. We laugh hysterically for the first 30 minutes, then my gardener shows up, as always. Anyone who's a fan of the podcast knows that my gardener's at every big podcast I have, and he decides to walk in on the show and and
2: even though I had told him that you were working and not to disturb you
1: and he decided to walk in on the show and Lewis loved it and it is absolute chaos unfolds. So you, <laughs> it's one of my favorite and this guy is such a hilarious comedian. Uh, like I said, I've known him for a while and it's great to see him blossoming and just destroying in his business and, and taking things to the next level. Uh, you might know him from his podcast Legion of Skanks He's got a show on XM Sirius He's got his own show uh, His own solo podcast He is uh, He's big on Periscope too If you haven't watched his sleeping videos Then you're missing out Ladies and gentlemen put your hands together For Lewis J. Gomez
0: This is oh.
1: Hello yeah, yeah, move any of this shit. Um, Dental flossers. Fucking shit. I'm dying to find out what your perspective of L.A. is when you come out here.
3: I love it, dude. Do you? Oh, yeah, I do love L.A. I lo- and I was just saying I love it as in I'm ready to talk. Here, let me see your levels. Hey, check, what's going on? Puerto Rican just rattlesnake, little... Luis J. Gomez, <laughs> real-ass dude, the show. <clears throat>
1: So, um, yeah, cause I like, I, I forget that, uh,
3: that Nate's got a place out here. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he, <laughs> he rents a place. He bought a place in Tennessee and then he still rents a place in LA cause he comes here like probably once a month. Does he just do straight road work these days? I think he's doing it all, dude.
1: I it's- mean, television and obviously and everything like that. But is he like, is his focus like m- mainly like road work? I think he wants a, he wants a TV show. Talk, a, a, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As, as close as possible. possible. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. I have no idea how sensitive these no, are. No, like no, no. They're, they're pretty fucking... I drop them a lot. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Or you throw them. This isn't as professional <laughs> as uh, as all the millions of podcasts you do over in... Uh, in.
3: It's kind of funny because it really does range. Like, you go to... Uh, like, it's sometimes just a Zoom recorder with a couple of mics. Yeah. And sometimes you go to a fucking huge studio at NBC Universal and you're like, this is the same thing yeah. as Bert's
1: podcast. It's, it's so bizarre to me. Like like someone said to me, I think, I forget who it was. They're like, this is my wife getting cowed. There we go. Just walk right by. Um, <laughs> the uh, I, did, uh, I did a podcast with Corolla yesterday and had him on my podcast. And they were like, yeah, come on out to the studios. And I was like, cool. So I go out. In my head, I brought I brought my fucking recording equipment because that's you know I don't want to assume that we're just going to use one of his studios, right? And uh, and <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, we'll just use our stuff." <laughs> like, I <was> no, like- <laughs> you can put your MP3 recorder away.
3: Yeah. <laughs> we got this. So
1: I wish I wish I had someone who could run levels for me and stuff, but for the most part i feel like it's the same shit i run it through level later at the end of the day i post it and i'm a little bit of a micromanager like i want you to be able to it's one of the reasons i don't go live with this is that like say you said something off color or that you weren't comfortable sharing
3: right about the jews you know
1: (laughs) yeah i wanted you i want you i like i did it one time on bobby (laughs) kelly's podcast (laughs) what'd you say i said the (laughs) n-word
3: Isn't it funny, though? It's so weird. I feel like podcasting in this world, you can kind of just say it. Yeah. You can kind of say it. It was. It was you can't it, write it.
1: It was uh, – It was. I wrote it. I wrote it in my book. <laughs>
3: I, <laughs> you know, that's way worse. You can say it on a podcast and be like, oh, I was kidding. We were joking. We're all joking. It was, it was
1: the uh, – uh, I said it – both times I said it in character. in oh, you a said couple, it twice. Yeah, both. No. <laughs> <laughs> on bobby kelly's podcast i just said it like in character but i was talking to bobby and i forgot i was podcasting but did
3: you say it like like like, like nigga a,
1: yeah like a black dude saying okay that's, that's a, fine it was a black guy from the kitchen at the hartford Impro- hartford F- funny bone okay that said it to me and uh and, and it, it the effect would have been lost and then i I re- didn't realize i said it on a podcast and then i was like panicked you told him to delete it i literally was like him you and he, pulled it out. he was like he was like are you serious i was like i was like i don't know you never know you never
3: fucking know no you're here's the funny part you're right yeah you're a hundred percent right but if i were to delete every time i've said the n-word on every podcast i've ever done <laughs> I, I that would be that's a full-time job in itself i'd have to hire a personal <laughs> assistant to pull out all of my n-words and faggots that i've said on podcasts
1: it's so but it's like uh and then and then in my book, I wrote it. And once again, I wrote it as someone else saying it. Yeah. And but and it, and it loses the effect if that word is – if you write I, the N word, then the, that yeah, loses the effect. Yeah, or like
3: uh, the asterisk. I had a buddy. It's uh, a comic from Seattle, young comic, Spencer O'Neill. I like to plug people's names. Give them yeah. a little shout out. Funny guy. It feels so good when someone does it for yeah, you, does Yeah, it really it? does. <laughs> so uh, he tweeted – it was such a funny idea for a tweet. He was like, if you write N uh, asterisk asterisk uh, G-A – isn't that the the same thing? Like it's just it, like it, you're just. I don't want to fuck up his tweet. Here's funny. I gave him. I said his name and then I just said a shitty tweet. <laughs> so yeah, guys, don't follow that fucking guy. He's I want. Like, I almost want to find the tweet because I, I don't want to like fuck it up. But it was. I'm gonna pull it up while no, I talk but, to you yeah. right now, dude. Um. But yeah, it's um. I don't know, dude. It's a weird thing because I think right now comics got microphones and MP3 recorders, and then we. We just kind of like – it was almost like a Wild West. Like we didn't know. We didn't realize the the, the responsibility of something that's going to go on the internet forever. But at the same time, I think it's kind of good. The more people – the more Hulk Hogan and Dog the Bounty Hunter get caught saying the N-word, yeah. the better it is for us because at the very least we're joking. Uh, yeah.
1: You know? Yeah. There's never been uh, – Greg Fitzsimmons one, one time said to me, he goes uh, – he said, have you ever said the N-word? And I paused – and he goes. He goes. Listen. There's a difference between saying it and using it. Yes. And he's like, if you use it, that's a. Di- I don't want to hang out with someone who uses the N word. Right. But if you say it, there's nothing wrong with saying it. It's simply a word. I mean, Louis C.K. said it on. Almost every
3: one of his specials,
1: yeah, and I, I mean the one, of the, some of the funniest. The one of the, um, this is my fucking gardener. He comes every day, second I podcast. Yeah,
3: but there's no other podcast that has a gardener ambiance in the background. Yeah, so it's Chris a differentiator. T- <laughs> it's a positive thing, Bert.
1: Chris Titus is telling the most moving story about his mom <laughs> killing herself, and my gardener <laughs> Um,
0: "Yeah,
1: it's one, it's one of those things, but uh, they, it's uh, it's also it's like like uh, you know what." Because I'm employed by a network, I get sensitive to it. And I go, I'm sure you pull anything out of context and it's going to sound fucking horrible. You know, it's like the Donald Trump called Ted Cruz a pussy. Yeah. But apparently he didn't call him a pussy. And it's like the Cam Newton shit, where Cam Newton stood up and walked off, and all you see is that clip of Cam Newton getting up and walking away, and you're like, what a fucking bitch. Yeah. No. no, They're pulling out important information that apparently the fucking cornerback was right next to him going, man, throw the fucking ball. Right. Yeah. Like, all those things. Like, Donald Trump didn't call him a pussy. Someone said, Ted Cruz is a pussy. And Donald Trump said, I don't agree with you. I don't. And then said, what she said is Ted Cruz is a pussy.
3: Well, you know, and we do. Like, we do Legion of Skanks, which is the whole show. I mean, we did it on purpose. Very much on purpose. We titled it "Legion of Skanks: The Most Offensive Podcast on Earth." Yeah. It was a very deliberate move because we want people to know: if you click play on this, you're going to hear some shit that's going to offend you. Yeah. And if and I think this is the reason why we haven't gotten in any trouble for anything we've said on it. Yeah. It's because it's like uh, it reminds me of that you know the 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 documentary they made about the, the joke, the Aristocrats. Yeah. It's like you're not going to get offended by people talking about incest and racism and sexism within the context of that joke because that's the idea of the joke. So. Region of skanks in itself, we I like to think of it as kind of like a safe space for us to come in and fuck around and say stupid, ridiculous, over the top shit. We get stoned and drunk, and we just let it fly. Yeah. Like the more sexist and racist it is, the better it is for the show, and it's kind of funny because. You know, there's almost like this whole PC thing where people are like, oh, well, yeah, we're, you know, we're moving to a more liberal society. People don't want to laugh at racism and sexism. Fuck you, dude. Go look at any YouTube video or uh, comment. Look at any Reddit comments. There's a there's a lot of people who live in that world who find that type of shit funny. And it's like we're just pretending that it doesn't exist.
1: Yeah. And, and nowadays, it's like I heard them say in today, the Republican Party's split up because now there's people that are going, you know, I'm t- it, it, what's, what's bothersome to me, I, I have no problem with political correctness. I really don't. If, I think political correctness brings about a better society. But political correctness used not as a fucking moral stamp of how great you are by it, but being just a better person. Yeah. Like, like I don't – listen, you know, if, if me saying one word – hurts your feelings or like like uh, the word retard like t- for, to throw it around flippantly like that i get it if there's some someone with who's got a child with down syndrome and that fucks them up i get it i understand that but what i don't like i saw this the other day this fucking blew me away <laughs> there's a i'm i'm watching i pass out apparently watching the christian network <laughs> and i wake <laughs> up and this is what uh, what it is it's a children's show and they've got a woman Couple hacky Muppets and then two other three other kids and it's all life lessons. And she's like, They sing some I'm not even fucking around, they sing some song about being sheep, being sheep to Jesus. Now I'm too We hung- all know what they meant. Yeah. <laughs> I'm too <laughs> hung over to fucking change the channel. And I'm just sitting there watching and she goes, God, would you like to meet my friend Madison? And they're like, Yeah. And so then they she go, Madison and Madison comes in with uh sunglasses and a stick. Madison's blind. She goes. Madison's no different than us. Now that's a stretch. She's a blind. Let's, let's yeah. just don't fucking no different. That's you can't say that. That's political correctness run amok. Yeah. She's no different than us as and a. That's
3: re- f- and that's really offensive to all these kids with perfectly good eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel bad for them. Yeah. Like, Really? You see us like that? It's <laughs> so. And so. And so, Madison.
1: Madison goes. They sit down they go, you, did you know
3: Madison can read? And they're like... And you <laughs> the kids are like, no fucking way, dude. God, I'm out of here. I, the, the, literally, the kids are going on strike now. And so... <laughs> by the way, you know these kids
1: have been coached because they don't do a double take. Like, are you fucking kidding me? She's got sunglasses on. How can you fucking read?
3: And so... <laughs> I wish my car knew it. Dude, Madison's, sen- Madison's sense of smell is out of control.
1: <laughs> this, this smells girl. like a fucking novel about relationships. And so so they, this gets worse. So they fucking. They go, no, she reads Braille. <laughs> and one, one of them Muppets chimes in and goes, well, isn't that neat? Madison, <laughs> Madison has no frame of reference for a fucking Muppet, and she fucking jumps. <laughs> she just hears this monster rub up on her
3: shoulder. This <laughs> furry fucking thing with big plastic eyes. Fucking, I am hungover as fuck, howling,
1: laughing,
3: howling, laughing.
1: Oh, oh my God! And I literally, I literally was like, I I watched the whole fucking thing, and then Madison. I get, I'm sure they went to break because Madison was more comfortable with the Muppets. But I was like, this is what's wrong with political correctness. No one said. Everyone said she's just like. Uh. No one said, hey, listen, Madison. There's some animals that are floating around that you don't, you can't really wrap your head around what that looks like because you've never. You don't even know what that means. It's like a dog that talks. Like it was so fucking funny. That's really funny. But but I. So my problem is with political correctness is. It's like my wife's friends that are politically correct like I i'm politically correct in the sense that like i've love in my heart that's all that's of all course. you need that's all that's what political correctness should be do you have love in your heart for people do you do you care to hurt people callously but you're right you look at fucking reddit you look at the internet you look at youtube comments and they would be the most racist statements yeah. you've ever fucking heard yeah i had to disable comments on one of my jokes so i was like I just can't deal with this. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't want to be the the jumping off point for for racist yeah. r-
3: people just to lose their fucking minds. Well, it's you know, it's the you know, it used to be you go into a bathroom stall and you write "I hate niggers" on the bathroom stall to be yeah. funny as like a little punk ass kid. Not me, but I'm saying yeah. just the kids who would do it. Yeah. Now we've created that anonymous space to go and do that We're in YouTube and Reddit, and it's like that that anonymity, it. You know, look, it's almost intoxicating. I get it. You know what I'm saying. If you if you don't get in trouble for anything you were gonna say or do, you know what I'm saying. Just for the sake of just being an asshole, you might say and do some weird shit. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah it's uh, it's it's like throwing it's like uh, it's like throwing a rock during a riot. Yeah.
1: Like you you just want to fucking be. one. I, I watched these kids riot in uh, in uh, who just won the thing, the Super Bowl in. Uh, I don't watch sports. Boston. Whoever Denver, fucking what, Denver in Denver, Denver yeah I watch these kids riot and they I, like they were just just it's like what my wife used to say trying on behaviors yeah they were just fucking
3: they don't so, know who they are you don't know who yeah. you are so you're like in your mid-20s and yeah. then even then you don't know
1: yeah and and, and 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 by the way I hope anyone and no one listens to this podcast is is thinking I'm politically correct at all but I definitely mean to say that uh white people are as guilty as black people for rioting that i think it's the exact same behavior it's yeah. just simply people seem to condemn black people when they do it and white people are like well there they go just having a little fun their team won
3: you know yeah well i you know i think it's kind of funny because when black people riot it's typically you know there's there's more of like a, a movement behind it or like yeah. a like a thing so i i think you know I don't know. You end up kind of empathizing a little bit more with that, even though I don't empathize with anybody picking up a brick and throwing it through a window. I think there's a better way to get your message across. Yeah. When you're seeing white teenagers riot because their football team won, you just kind of fucking. I don't know. I have I have a, I have a I don't have respect for anybody who's rioting, right? But I have a lot less respect for somebody who's rioting because their team won a championship. What the fuck?
1: Yeah, I agree.
3: What type of weird? What type of weird thing is that? Yeah, but it's funny you say it because you talk about the way you carry yourself and the words you say. We say we. You know, we try to say the most ridiculous, stupid shit ever. You know, we, we, we joke about—I mean, any literally anything, right? I, I would, I would easily make a joke about a woman being uh, in a in an abusive relationship. I have no problem. That's not yeah. off limits at all. It's not right? off limits. Yeah. But if I saw a dude hitting his woman on the street, I'd be the first guy to step in and stop that from happening. That's so funny. You know what I'm saying? That's so, it's so like, funny. I would is, not. You, you just made, you'd write a joke about it. I literally I, I,
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I saw two homeless people in the park. Oh, homeless people aren't really people. <laughs> I'm talking about. I'm talking about people with jobs. You know that are contributing to society at a subway. I know what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> like no. yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, I, it's the whole rape culture thing got me so irate because it was like it was purporting that that a joke about rape instigated rape yeah that's a fucking impossible yeah i mean i know some of the people with the most twisted sense of humors that that love rape jokes that would never i always my statement was people who make rape jokes are the last people to rape yeah. Cuz it's like the, you know. And if
3: you're raping, you're not joking about it. <laughs> you're trying to hide that fact. You're not going out. Here's the thing like the the idea of a rape culture. I mean, look, I guess it it exists, right? I guess it does. Here's the thing. I I I I talked about this recently. We used to stand out in front of the comedy cellar, right? And we used to um we used to almost create like a gauntlet. Like there'd be like four four guys on each side, just comedians, yeah. just to be idiots. And we'd create basically a gauntlet down the sidewalk. So when girls would come through the gauntlet, we would just start Basically, cat calling them. We're just like, yeah, girl. Mm, mm. Yeah. And it's like 10 dudes at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> and it's obnoxious. And it's fucking it's yeah. stupid. It was harmless, though. It was, it was harmless. And we, we were just being stupid. And it was one of the funniest things ever. And we would laugh. And it was really funny for like two weeks. We just did this. Yeah. Just like the gag for two weeks. And I think back at it now, right? And I go, ah, eh, that wasn't cool. Yeah. What, what if a what if a girl that walked through that gauntlet had been sexually assaulted by a gang of guys a week before? Yeah. You know, talk about triggers. I mean, this chick, I mean, it probably sent her off into a fucking... It's like, it's me and Big Jay. <laughs> fucking, <laughs> just ugly fucking losers. Jay's got those fingerless rape gloves on. Yeah, I mean, we, we look like we're a gang of rapists. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's like, no... D- yeah, when, I, when they talk about a rape culture, I guess that's what they're talking about. We felt like it was okay, and now there's a movement that, you know, I've changed my opinion on that thing specifically as I've gotten older. I don't know if it's me maturing. I don't know if it's society kind of pushing that, you know, that there is a rape culture and we should be aware of it. But I think it's good that I'm no longer doing that.
1: Yeah. You know and, what i and that And that, and, and I, I, I fucking... I used to follow this uh, woman, Lindy West. It was a girl that yes. Norton debated. Yeah, Norton and her. Did I, the, uh, I used to follow her just because I was like, you know, it's fun to get opposing views every single day. It's it's nice to get your brain thinking as a comic, I believe. Yeah. Just, hear, just hear the other side of the fence every single day. And I'm not saying that I'm politically totally on the opposite side of the fence of Lindy West, but for the most part, things that... Send her through the roof. I wouldn't even notice. Yeah, I w- they wouldn't even show up on my radar. But I had to stop following her because there's, man. I feel bad for her. Like she just there's so much negativity in her life. Yeah, like it's All she does all day long is fight with people. And I, I so badly wanted to like reach out and go like,
3: hey, this can't be good for you. Like you just know, to fight with people all day long, dude. So it's like. I I do this. The reason I don't go on Reddit anymore is specifically almost for the same thing, because there's so much fucking there's so many negative things that you hold on to the negativity. You know what I'm saying? You really do. You like you like I can have a 100 positive comments and then one negative thing will fucking just get in my head and it'll eat at me. And then I'm going, I'm changing my behaviors on radio shows and podcasts and in stand up for some cunt that hates me. Yeah, I'm changing the way that I my instinct for funny and my instinct to create a funny show is substantially better than some fucking booger in his basement. Yeah. Some nineteen year old kid who's never created anything. Why am I letting that get into my head and change who I am at my core? My instincts, my, my, my comedic instincts. That's crazy. We ask for this. You know what I'm saying? We we're, we're putting ourselves out there and you know, we we love to in this I, I say we I include Lindy West. I include anybody who's who has a public personality and and it's their job to kind of put their opinions out there. Yeah. This isn't cancer research. We don't have to do it. There's no greater fucking good here. Lindy West can pretend that she's doing it for this greater cause. She's doing it for the same reason that we are for fucking attention. This is it. We all want attention. It's, it's, this is what we're looking for. And she's getting a lot of positive attention and she's getting a lot of negative attention. But I can't feel bad for a person who they make their, they make it their identity to seek out attention. You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and what's interesting you said is that you will allow that You had to stop it because you were allowing some booger in a basement to change your opinion, make you second-guess your gut instinct. What I find is happening on the other side of the f- fence is that it's, it's not allowing – and I'll, I'll use Lindy West as an example, but – the 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 negativity she gets only furmans uh, strengthens her stance. So no one's really like. Whereas as a comic, you're right. I get negative feedback, and I'm like, wait, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. Like why why am I? What's wrong with me? Maybe I got to second guess myself. When I was like, it's just a joke. I was just trying to make people laugh. Yeah. And,
3: and by then, the way, said, that one piece of negative feedback, you have 500 people that are going, I fucking love that.
1: Yeah. But that one thing, you go, yeah. you go, motherfucker. Like I didn't mean it like that. Yeah. And then you second guess yourself. Whereas. And I'll just use Lindy West, but like she gets negative feedback and almost she shuts her ears more and says, I don't want to hear – you guys are all horrible. How dare you ever question me where you go – I mean maybe like like maybe there's – it's like uh, uh, there's someone I saw the other day online. I'm not going to say their name because I don't want to – I don't want them to have to deal with negativity. But like they were getting negative things and any comment that they – was not their opinion, they automatically – Blocked the person and fucking told told everyone to go hate that person. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, I think you're missing the point of the dialogue. Like the dialogue should be, should be ba- back and forth, and, and that's how you learn. I not that not that comics are more noble than anyone else, but I feel like co- as of com- as comics. You do.
3: You definitely learn and listen. Well, that's the thing. We're we're shaping our philosophy in real time, right? Like, you, if you watch my career, and it's especially now where we have Periscope and podcasts and all this other shit, you've been watch, If you've been watching my career for the past six years, you've watched me grow as a comedian. For the past six years, you've watched me change my opinion on things. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. When you have an agenda and your whole thing is, dude, I gotta fucking be on the right, or I gotta be on the left, or I'm a libertarian, or I'm a Christian, or I'm gay, or, or whatever it is, and your agenda is to push that. Oh fuck yeah! You're not, you know, you're not shaping philosophy. You're just constantly pushing your fucking agenda. I don't have an agenda. My agenda is to be a fucking just to be funny and to make a living off of my
1: it, words. It rests in the cloud. Yeah, your agenda rests in the cloud, and the cloud goes on either side of that fence. Yep, depending where funny is. That's it. And because our our agenda, we don't have an agenda. That's the fucking genius. uh, What you just said is fucking mind blowing. I do not have an agenda. I I just want people
3: to laugh. My only job at the end of the day is to get laughs. That's it. Nope. There's I, no bigger political picture. I don't side with any specific type of belief. I don't subscribe to s- a certain belief system that I'm going to go and push on people. And this is why people, and you know, not to shit on him, but Jamie Kilstein, a lot of people throw him under the bus because he stopped being a comic and he's sort of just pushing the agenda. And then the funny ended up being like the fifth, sixth, seventh, uh, you know, um, most important thing to him. You know, it became all these other little things, and it's like comics just don't really respect that, just in general. You yeah, know I, that's why every comic stopped like a. Social Associating themselves with him, yeah, that's, um, that's interesting. What happened to him? Yeah, I used to be my friend. The first time, this is so funny, dude. The first time I hung out with Big J ever in life outside of comedy is I, right when I started comedy. It was me, Big J, Kurt Metzger, Pete Holmes, uh, uh, and Jamie Kilstein. Wow, what, an what a fucking group. weird group of people, right? And we went to see Phantom Menace or one of the Star Wars that came out at that time. Yeah, such the fucking great Kurt Metzger So You know Kurt, right? Yeah, of course. The, the, Kurt, in my opinion, is is the best comic that's been doing it under twenty years on the planet. I think he's I fucking phenomenal. Like just just a genius, but he's a like a psycho, like a real deal, like lunatic. He is. Um, and we do we got a cab at like two thirty in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, because we saw a midnight showing. It came out that night. I remember it took us forever to get a cab. We had just gotten Slurpees from 711. So it's goofy ass Kurt Metzger and fucking goofy me just this is 10 years ago now at this point. Um, and we, we, <laughs> we go to get in this cab and he would, they, he didn't want to give us a ride, but we kind of just bullied him into giving us a ride yeah. from Queens to Brooklyn. So um, we're driving, and the guy won't answer anything. It's really eerie, the cab driver. he's just driving silently. So we're like, uh, yeah buddy, you gotta turn up here and he missed the turn and just keeps on going. And we're, like, trying to be tough guys, but at this point we're legitimately scared, both of us. You know what I'm saying? So, buddy, you know, uh, you should have made that turn. Make this next turn. He (laughs) misses the next turn on purpose. And he's just driving, dude. He didn't want us to get in the cab at all. So finally, you know, we're screaming. We tell him to pull over the cab, right? He pulls over the cab. Kurt's taking down the number. This is before, like, even everyone had, like, cell phones yeah. and shit. To, um, you know, so he's, like, writing down the number of the cab. He's like, yeah, buddy, you're going to lose your job. I'll show you. And the cab driver's got his window open maybe four or five inches, you know? Yeah. So Kurt, he's like, uh, dude, you're fucking. <laughs> I told you, man. What did I tell you? i fucking gardener. We're in go-
1: the middle <laughs> of a po- Give me one second. Your
3: gardener has no idea what a podcast
1: is. It, it's he literally <laughs> interrupted uh, the one of the best stories that I'm waiting for the fucking end.
3: Oh fuck, dude, that was great. The gardener just poked his head in and like put his face against the window and like, smiled and pointed at a piece of antique furniture. Oh, fuck. <laughs> So anyway, all right, so um, yeah, so we get out of the cab. The cab driver, Kurt's talking shit to the cab driver like through the window, and he's got it open like five inches. And Kurt's got the Slurpee in his hand, and I almost saw the moment where Kurt got the idea to throw the Slurpee at the cab driver. Yeah. So he takes a Slurpee and he pegs it at the cab driver, but he misses the opening in the window. It hits the window. Y- you like it? Bounced. Ba- it was a perfect bounce. It went doing, flew back at Kurt smashed directly into his chest a pink slurpee down his white t-shirt just i'm talking about (laughs) down his whole chest belly button down to his dick slurpee and the cab driver just laughed in his face and sped off while kurt screamed in the street it was maybe the best moment of my life oh that's fucking great to this day and i watched my kid be born uh,
1: kurt metzger is one of my favorite people and i I, people know I've told the, I've told a number of stories about him but he he has one of the he has one joke that I can say out loud to people and it still makes me giggle yeah we were on, we were in Montreal we were doing Pete Holmes's podcast and uh at the time it was about trayvon Martin and Kurt was just you know I love I, the one of the things I love about the one of the things I love about the business we're in is we have friends with totally different perspectives on everything yeah and Kurt is contrarian to the base of him he whatever and there was a picture of martin luther king in a hoodie and, and, <laughs> he,
3: and, and it was just hilarious
1: in it, itself and it said would you shoot this man in a hoodie and Kurt goes, <laughs> Kurt goes, they shot him in a suit <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a great fucking, oh, but wait that, so that's a eclectic group of comics. Yeah, I mean Pete. These days, I'm I'm doing a podcast with Pete. I think on Saturday, Pete is. First of all, he's he's working a ton, but he's he's also taking his podcast to a, almost a semi spiritual level
3: these days. Oh, really? Yep. I, I haven't listened to. I I, I knew Pete. Old, like when I met Pete, Pete was like the young young buck out of everybody. Really? You know, I, it was before I started, when I started doing comedy, I was producing shows and running shows out of a couple comedy clubs. It was. Yeah. I, I didn't even. I, 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 you always wanted to do it but I just was around it and I was, I was running street teams in New York City you know now when you walk down the street in New York and they go hey do you want to go to a comedy show yeah. I was one of the guys who ran the biggest company like 2001, 2002, 2003 I ran a street team of like 50 guys that did that I, made, I used to make a ton of money really? just selling comedy club tickets on the street that's how I really? met Dave Smith that's how I met, big, that's how I met all these guys because that's how I got introduced to the comedy world so I hadn't even started doing comedy yet when I met Pete Pete was like the young buck who was i mean i remember he did a he used to do a joke about he looked like multiple uh celebrities, so it was like john ritter he he and throughout the whole set he would just keep on throwing him out there, yeah, like the he had like five or six of them it was funny, it would just build and build and build you know it's like um south park proved that it's like you just keep on hitting the joke and then it yeah. stops being funny after like the fourth or fifth one and then it became funny again the sixth yeah. time so um but yeah pete was that dude and then he just fucking blew up he's, and
1: yeah he's huge now i listened to his uh his podcast is pretty fucking awesome yeah it's one of my it's one of my favorite podcasts to listen to uh but yeah he he was i, I you know it's like th- some of those guys they do these uh self-help seminars and then they kind of you know Spit back the things that they've accrued at them on their podcast, and you just hear it, and you're like, maybe I could, like this. I've never believed in that shit, but would it fucking help me? Like, yeah, maybe I should
3: fucking go to one of these seminars. I don't know. I believe in all that shit, though, dude. I mean, look, it's all you know. I you know I've read all those books. I used to be in sales, but you know, I I ran street teams. But I went into sales after that, and I was pretty successful in sales, and that's all. You know, just the power of the mind and, and setting goals and like uh, I legitimately believe um, in all that. And I believe that can all help you even in the very uh, – on the most very basic level, if you have a confidence in yourself, if you feel as if you're enlightened, you're going to – carry yourself in a certain way in a much different way in a more successful way. You project an energy you know what i'm saying it's almost like when you get a new haircut and you're like dude i fucking look good yeah you know you go out and you're just carrying yourself in a certain way you maybe you lose 20 pounds or you're in shape that energy that you project people feel it you project it on other people they go oh this guy's confident he's got something going on yeah i mean there's a reason that there's certain people even in the industry after a few years they get pushed through and people get jealous and they go oh why is this guy getting these opportunities because that motherfucker carries himself in a certain way when he's in a meeting with executives or a team of writers people go ah fuck dude this guy he has something
1: you know yeah i wonder if that it's so funny i've been wondering about my energy lately because i always feel like a child i always feel like i'm (laughs) younger than everybody even though i might be older than people i still feel like i'm younger yeah and so i and like you drop off at school like take my kid to school i feel like all the parents are like 10 years older than me i'm older than half of them yeah and so i i just i wonder about oh here comes my wife now is this like a leanne I don't know, Leanne. Huh? I don't know. Oh, I didn't know your Hi. What do you need? What do you need? I'm sorry. Nothing. It was just a question t shirts. I'm
3: sorry. Okay. I right. want that type of fear in my son's mother yeah. <laughs> when she does something wrong. <laughs> I'm like, dude, if I were, she would be like, fuck you, fuck your podcast. I got to walk through the yard. <laughs>
1: she uh she is obsessed with my podcast right now oh yeah introduced her to podcasting yeah like and i've been been telling her i've been doing a podcast for like probably three years two years three years and i finally said you should check out uh what's the big one on uh on uh uh, npr uh cereal cereal i said you should check out cereal season two blows she got I'm, she's obsessed
3: with it. Season one was awesome. Season one was great. Season one was fucking phenomenal. I I attribute the success to making a murderer to how successful Serial was. That oh, like yeah, just that's... week after week, like just breaking it down, like and really deconstructing the story. You know, because those types of you know crime reenactment shows, that shit's been around forever. But <clears throat> the way they did that, it's very similar. I, I noticed. Yeah. I think the people, re- the reason people got into making a murderer was the same reason that people got into Serial. Yeah. It just it, it was it's great. I thought it was really great so
1: funny i lost interest at the exact same time in both (laughs) like halfway through i was like i just got to google it like yeah what technologies technologies it's not 1970 i don't have to wait till tuesday to watch it yeah i'm just gonna google it although i I gotta be honest with you netflix really blows my mind like what they're doing right now is really kind of like just all together mind-blowing because it is the same reason i love podcasting i want it now yeah like i like to be on a plane and go what are my options as opposed to just turning on the radio and being like, oh, I'll listen to this, like just going, what are my options and just going through and fucking downloading like seven.
3: Well, that's how people have, um, it's almost like Netflix is changing the way people put our content in general. I noticed that I have friends putting out web series now and they don't put out episodes weekly. They put out 10 episodes at once. We just click through on YouTube and it's like, yeah. it's good and it's bad as a content creator. You go, fuck dude god damn it i just gotta you have to you need you're it's almost like you're gonna need a team of people in order to create content that competes you
1: know i talked to carol about this but like the i'm obsessed with i do a vlog i put it up bi-weekly like but and it doesn't matter how often i put them up It, it does if you do every day it's fantastic but for the most part someone finds one and then binge watches all of them yep and that's the way content's coming out. What do you, the thing that I, I'm kind of interested in, I met with this guy, uh, one of the managers of the comedy club, Jason Dixon, who's an old comic. He was telling me, he was like, You know what, you got to be careful of? He goes, This is an old lesson, but like, once you find the path, once you recognize the path, then there's already a new path being created. Yep. And he's like, he's like, So, you know, all these Netflix specials, clearly every comic, I'm not, I, I'll just use comic b that is was a celebrity in 1995 that is now wants to do an hour and notices netflix and says to his manager get me on netflix and they still got a name and netflix was like fuck yeah we'll pay him a lot of money what's name recognition once that path has been found it's time to find a new fucking path like i'm wondering like uh you know
3: you look at louis i mean louis did a special independently i think that's gonna Here's the thing, man. Once you have your own name, you know, I, I look at, like, Bobby Kelly's a great example and Ari Jafir are a great example. So those are two guys that the industry didn't want to fucking give anything to. And they just that said... That is
1: legit true.
3: Fuck that. I'm going to build a fan base. I'm going to get funny as fuck. Like, undeniably funny as fuck. You watch either of those guys for an hour, you're like, holy shit, dude. Those guys are yeah. great comics that fucking murder. But if you look at it... Until they had like a hundred thousand Twitter followers, nobody wanted to fuck with them at all. And I think that that and that's kind of what I'm trying to do because the industry doesn't fuck with me. Nobody gives me any opportunities. Uh, if you, anybody who's a fan of mine, I organically dug those motherfuckers up. They heard me on a podcast. They they saw me on something, some live show. That's it. Yeah. Um. But it's like, I think that independently doing things, um, as it as the technology becomes cheaper. I think that that's the future. If you have a fan base, you know, why – Doug Sandhope's a great example. He'll come into a oh, certain town cow. and he'll just do his live shows. He's like, why would I go to the comedy club? I'll just go to the – whatever local bar is or local small theater. I'll rent it out myself and I'll just make all the money myself. Yeah, I think comics just inherently are lazy, so people are looking for –
1: I'm inherently lazy.
3: Yeah, but now it's becoming easy. Look how easy a podcast is.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, but, but even still, like, I should do more, but I'm lazy. Like, yeah. I, like I like I've always looked at the clubs as this way. I, I, I Tom Segura and I go back and forth on this. I believe that they are allowing you to increase your fan base. And he's like, no, he's like, I, fe- I, oh, fucking Jesus. I <laughs> he goes, I feel like you're you find your your fan base finds you. Like like he believes, go do small theaters, go do small cl- small rock clubs, and get your podcast, do other people's podcasts, ex- expand your fan base that way. I'm always like go to the clubs, sell out early Friday, late Saturday, and let them paper Sunday and Thursday, and accrue new fans
3: that way. Yeah, I don't know if it works. I think you're both right. There's, they're not mutually exclusive. You're both right. Yeah, you know I don't think I don't think those are competing ideas. You know I think the you know if you're funny and you're interesting and you're engaging and you obviously you are you know. There's a, there's a predetermined ratio. This is the sales, uh, the sales background that I have. It's all ratios, right? Yeah. So one out of it's – already, it's already predetermined in the world. If somebody was exposed to your – let's just say the podcast, right? If you played this podcast for everybody in the world – everybody okay yeah. one out of however many people will become a fan of yours it's a predetermined ratio so it's just about keep on exposing yourself keep on getting yourself out there put yourself in front of people and you can fuck with that ratio like obviously you know, this podcast very few people are going to continue to listen to it in africa because they don't have the means to yeah. so you know if you're you know if you're i don't go play christian you know i don't go play churches yeah. because that they're not going to be into my shit you yeah. know but i i think that that's kind of the way that i look at everything it's like every person that sees me or hears me on something they're just a part of a ratio it's just all math you how know many,
1: if you had to put a ballpark on ex, on, a, on a rough estimate of how many fans you have legit like fans like you you write a book they are pre-ordering
3: it how many do you think you have I mean not more than a couple thousand like fan fans. Like fan mine. Fans. Like look, Legion of Skanks is a huge fan base collectively. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's almost like a band. You Smart. know what I'm saying? It's like Skid Row, like Skid Row has a much larger fan base than Sebastian Bach or Dave Sabo, or the fact that I know the band members of Skid Row means that <laughs> I you're I, one I, of those fans. <laughs> <bag it>. uh, <laughs> oh, can you edit that? <laughs> Ooh, Bert! I just said faggot on the podcast. The sad thing is that thing you edited it now? They think you said the n word. <laughs> can you edit that? I just call myself a nigger. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm Puerto Rican. I can say all of these things. People forget that I'm Puerto Rican sometimes. Um, I, I fucking lost track of what I was saying about uh, it's it's all oh, the genius. fans, yeah. But
1: yeah. it, it, it's one of the things that was the death squad. One of the one of the beautiful things that was, you know, when the death squad thing started, was that we were all a group of guys that everyone kind of got into other people because of each other. Yeah, you know, like, uh, like, and I, I wasn't even, I wasn't like the. I think the death squad originators were like Tate Fletcher, uh, fucking Joe Redman, Joey Ari, yeah, and then Callen and 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 Duncan, and it kind of started growing, and then anyone who did Joe's podcast. Within that first year, the Death Squad name got attached to, and then you'd go and do these Death Squad shows and these Ice House Chronicles, and it was the same group of just it was just guys that fucking all hung out. Yeah, but it was you shared a fan base, and you'd go to shows, and people would be like, like call, like you could say Joey's, I could say Joey's name in a joke, and people would lose their fucking minds. Yeah. I'd say I I had a joke about Ari. And I didn't want to say his name, and then one night I said his name, and it fucking destroyed. And I was like, "Oh fuck!" Like yeah. it's, but it's really smart to have that almost like it's like a, it's like a, a commune.
3: Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, yeah. Look, Bobby Kelly taught me that better than anybody else. You know, he. You know, that's that's a guy. If I got to give credit to one fucking dude, who I mean, that motherfucker kept me in comedy because I was really. It was like a, a really dark period. I was about to move to L.A. for no reason. Really, and he just, dude, he fucking. He convinced me he was like he was like, dude, you're fucking funny he's like you've got you it's not ready, you're not popping yet that's it, and he you know he I, I owe that guy my fucking life. How did you meet Bobby? just clubs uh yeah, I met Bobby, yeah, dude, just at the comedy clubs, like randomly, I booked him a few times before I did comedy, you know he was you know at that time kind of coming up um and then I ended up living really <clears throat> really close. I lived like a block and a half from him, yeah. so when he started podcasting, I was also just starting to podcast, so Um, we ended up doing a few MMA podcasts together because he's... Oh, what was that podcast? Hammer Fist. Hammer Fist, yeah. Yeah, and I did that on his... When he started his network, I was the first... I was one of the first podcasts that they brought on to Riotcast. Um, So that's how I kind of met Bobby. But, you know, he's just the dude who, like, you know, he's just such a generous guy. He brings all these young comics onto his show. Dude, Bobby could just bring fucking Norton and, you know... You know Keith and Colin, Colin, and you know all the 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 guys that are at the cellar. He could have just made that the podcast, yeah. you know. But he, you know, I guess he saw what Dane did for him and kind of like bringing him out and exposing him to his audience. And I think that he kind of wanted to pay it forward. So that's what he does. He brings on a young bucks and Bobby's. Bobby's funny enough that he can control the room and just create. He's like, he's an orchestrator. I don't think people give enough credit to Bobby Kelly for how good of a host he is because he could bring in seven people that don't know each other that are all young comics that are a little nervous to be there. Yeah. And, pull out a two and a half hour three hour hilarious show and i think oh, it's a very specific talent i co i hosted his podcast yeah that's time. right yeah yeah and i
1: was and I, like I, I as i got in there i was like oh i don't i'm not prepared for this yeah. like i literally was like <laughs> i was like oh i thought i what like what am i about to do do i talk about myself do i talk to oh fuck it's time to get to know some people, Bert. but yeah, yeah that um bobby's uh you know bobby's like I, the i always like the secrets that comics have like like one of my secrets is that I've called Bobby maybe a dozen times and just asked career advice. Like I would, no one would ever assume that that Bobby, that number one Bobby's the kind of guy that fucking stops whatever the fuck he's doing, yeah. shuts down and goes, "All right, buddy." Like one time I remember saying I really wanted to do Opie and Anthony and I and I was very young and I called Bobby and I was like and I just I, I and you know what I just spewed. I kind of like verbally vomited all my feelings about how, how much I liked the show how I wanted to do it and, how I, and Bobby's just like you know and it was very real he wasn't keeping he candy coat things he was just like listen man they'd love you you know they'd love you but it's you know they've, they look who they had on they had Kevin Pollak on like, yeah. you know and like don't worry about it. It's going to be fine. This has nothing to do with your career. Keep working,
3: man. So funny that it's, that thing you're talking about, that yeah. impatience, yeah, is such a fucking. dude that, that's the motherfucker. That's a comedy killer. That's what kills young comics. That was why I wanted to quit comedy. Why I was going to move to L. A. It's just like that waiting. Like, come on, dude. I know. I, I I want to do that. I want to be on late night. I want to be on TV. I want a half an hour. I know I'm ready. I know I'm ready. And you might just very well be ready. But for a multitude of reasons, you're just not given the opportunity. And that feeling of just like, f- just watching everybody else get those opportunities, that's, I think that's what kills more comedians than anything else.
1: A hundred percent. Just watching people just leapfrog you. And then you start having dialogues in your head about why that things didn't happen for you. Like, I remember I wanted to do a half hour special so bad on Comedy Central, and Steve Byrne got one. And Steve Byrne and I kind of started roughly around the same time. I had nothing against Steve Byrne, but man, I started having conversations in my head with what comedy central thought about me. Oh yeah. And I would, and and I would, I mean, I'd like I forget who the president was at the time, uh, Lauren not, And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What's crazy as I put, I invested so much energy in someone. I can't even remember her name who doesn't work in the network. Yeah. No one works at that network anymore. That was there. Only person is fucking, I don't think anyone does. And so you look at, you look at that, and you just would be like, they hate me. They
3: fucking don't like me. How can, how? And then you're projecting that onto everyone else. That feeling, dude, it's, yeah. you don't even got to say it. People fucking read into that feeling. You know what I'm saying? And then, and then,
1: God forbid, the one time I run into them, I got, oh, here we go. This is how this is going to go. Yeah. They're going to fucking, they don't even know who the fuck I am. They don't care, dude. Literally, literally they don't even know I'm a comic. <laughs> They've never heard my name. <laughs> oh, here we go. This bitch again. Yeah. And I literally – it's so funny. I look back at that and I go, I wasted a lot of time in my career doing that. Yeah. I wasted a lot of time. Barry Katz, I make fun of him all the time for the fucking shit he says because half the time it's loaded and whatever is going on in his life and he doesn't mean it to be advice to you. or he. But like he said one thing one time, I had a bad showcase. I, I, I got very lucky. I worked the door at the Boston Comedy Club, got my first deal six months into doing stand-up, got a second deal the very next year. And then and did a sitcom. Okay, to, so
3: you're the guy that everyone's bitching about.
1: No <laughs> fucking clue.
3: Fuck you, you're bitching about Steve Byrne getting yeah. a, a half an hour but, special. But I
1: thought I was on that track. Like I yeah. was like, hold on. Like I am the fucking chosen one. Yeah. Like it really did fuck my head up. All that success early probably kept me in the business. I'm not gonna lie. I don't I'm not saying I would have gotten out of it, but I I probably I don't know how I, I don't I li- I said to Ari one time, I really respect the fact that he fucking worked for everything he's got. I'm yeah. not saying I haven't worked for anything, but I was blessed to be able to you get gotta, money. You gotta right
3: cu- Dude, sometimes you just find a $20 bill on the street. And yeah. I I'm not going to blame the guy that bends down and picks it up. It's just life. Yeah.
1: And so, um, but I don't know where, oh, but Barry Katz said, I remember I had a bad showcase. My third showcase, I had a bad showcase. And uh, and I was like, and I told him, I said, we need to, I need I need to get up in front of those people again. I didn't do so well. And he was like, "What?" And I was like, "Barry, they're going to they're gonna fucking everyone's going to be talking about me and like and Barry was like he said some really prophetic statement that i think about all the time he's like papa i think you're highly overestimating how often people think about you <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and, I, great advice. And, and literally and i was like really he goes i haven't thought about your set once today yeah and i'm your manager <laughs> he's like, and i was like oh yeah good call and then literally i went from this panic place to
3: going yeah, yeah. what the fuck am i worried about like oh, that, that didn't well, Think about this. I mean, how many times have you watched somebody eat their dick off on a show? I can't remember. I don't remember the last person I watched Bomb. It just doesn't matter. Yeah. It, none of that shit matters at all. You know what I'm saying? It. I remember people, you know, people had bad sets at Montreal during New Faces. I don't remember who they were. I don't remember at all.
1: All right. We're going to – come
3: on in, Gabriel. Get okay, him on yeah, the show. On yeah. Get him on the
1: show. Here. You got to talk into a microphone. What's though. up, come
3: Gabriel? On. Come on. Okay. Hello?
4: Yeah. Here. So what, what is – Chris Tolkien? Token. You are. Oh, okay. What?
3: How are you, Gabriel?
4: Oh, fine. You?
3: I'm pretty good. I don't speak Spanish.
4: I would love to. Like I, no, I'm Puerto Rican-Italian.
3: Oh, Italian? no Oh, but, yeah. Oh.
4: I have no culture. Oh,
3: he speaks fucking Italian, too. How is your gardener 40 times more educated than either one of
4: us? <laughs> no, my grand gran, uh, father was Italian. My oh. My mother, my grandma is Indian. She passed away when she was a... Uh,
3: You're not even Mexican. Ma- You're Indian yeah, and Italian. Yeah.
4: My mom, uh, my grandma passed away when she was 107. Uh, Gabriel,
3: talking to the mic. Yeah, you yeah, it's eat in,
4: it. Uh, yeah. She's in. Yeah, uh, she's in. my father, my mom passed away, and they uh, live in the San Fernando Valley. Oh, okay. They live over there. In the, you know, cemetery uh, Rinaldi and uh, Sepulveda. Yeah. Is where they live. So I go visit them every, I'm s- I, I'm s- every week. Oh, that's cool. Bring flowers. My and my mom lives burritos, tacos, tartas, enchiladas, <laughs> <and> tortas. <laughs>
3: my mom lives in a cemetery in rockland county somewhere i haven't visited it
4: <laughs> rockland
3: county new york oh new york oh, yeah, yeah yeah and then my father too it's really a shame my parents are, this is yeah both my parents are dead and what a difference like he he fucking goes every week to visit his yeah
4: yeah yeah I, life is too short you know you live like yes only like uh right now is uh, this is what i'm saying you shouldn't 60 and 70 i'm uh maybe three four five more years and and then you're going to die? Yeah, maybe.
3: You're the most depressing person yeah. I've ever met in my entire life, but you have a perfect uh, attitude yeah, about it.
4: You, you don't live hundred like my grandma. You know, if you want chickens or you want uh, eggs or you want something, you gotta go and look for them in the montañas, in the you know, in,
3: in the mountains. Right
4: now in mountains, yeah. And now it's on. Uh, you go. You want to uh, eat chicken? You just go Kentucky, easy. You just go to Kentucky. It's why you live so not too many years, yeah. yeah. Only 60, 70, 80. My grandma, she, you want, they wanted the chicken in those days, she wanted to run and get the chicken. And
3: That's eat. how she lived so long. Yeah. It's like uh, Rocky Balboa. That's how, we used yeah. how he used to train for the fights.
4: He used to chase a chicken. Yeah. How old were your father pass away?
3: My father, he was like 27. Yeah, my father was murdered when, oh. I was, when I was four. He was stabbed to death. Yeah.
4: No, no, no. Uh, Chapo mafias or.
3: No, no, no. You know Chapo? It's not Chapo's mafia. It's I'm not Mexican, the... I'm Puerto Rican.
4: I'm looking uh, for a job with him. <laughs> You're
3: looking yeah, for a job with Jaba. People,
4: dude, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's fucking hilarious. Yeah, like uh, you've never had him on your podcast before. Yeah, looking, uh, please sit down, please. You wanna you yeah. want you want a job? He, he's hiding people. He's in jail, but he's hiding a lot of people now.
3: You know what I love about him? He's wanted to talk on this podcast yeah. for a year. He's, uh, he sees it happen every week, and he waited for his opportunity for you to invite he him in, and finally lot, you did. a lot
4: of money. Billions. Chapo? Yeah, Chapo. Let me, three countries, he... This three.
3: Let's say Chapo offered you a job. Oh. One million dollars a year. You got to kill Bert.
4: Hey. Oh, no, no, no. You he, wouldn't kill Bert? Oh, they, he don't kill... la uh, la, uh, you know he, he, <laughs> he just
3: only
4: kill... Uh, <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah, and uh, I don't know, but it's a big business that, uh, that men make a lot of millions. Because he, uh, when he uh, was a little kid, he started selling drugs and planting the marijuana in Mexico yeah. since he was 12. Yeah. No money, no dinero. Now he's a lot of money. So is Chapo, like, a, is he a positive figure in the Mexican
3: community? You think he's a good guy?
4: Oh, he's uh, like, uh, you know Al Capone? Yes.
3: Al Capone?
4: Al Capone. Al Capone, yeah. yeah. He's more famous. Right now, they're selling a lot of t-shirts, shoes. Oh, so like the, the, like the rappers and
3: shit are going to like... Yeah. They talk about Chapo yeah, one, like he's the new Al Capone. One
4: chair, yeah. teacher or chair, $200. What? $200. No, I heard
1: you, but I can't believe it.
4: Yeah, you cannot believe it. But Chapo should start his own podcast. Yeah. yeah, one hat like this with Chapo, $100. Yeah, In Mexico, they're making a lot of money, millions of dollars. And wow. now you, you want to do his movie? He's doing a movie? Yeah. You know the Kate del Castillo? A Mexican uh, girl. She's gonna make the movie for the Chapo.
3: It's the Chapo like the life story?
4: Yeah.
3: Bert, you should audition to play Chapo. Yeah. Chapo's
4: Mexican though, right?
3: I think so. You could be Mexican though. Yeah, I can play Mexican. Yeah, easily. Can you do can you do can you speak Spanish? Fuck you. You can I can't speak Spanish at all. Why you don't speak Spanish?
4: (laughs) Uh
3: this is how I'm what I'm (laughs) not you guys have never spoken even before.
4: No. no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
3: <laughs> You speak Spanish and he doesn't even know it. No, yeah. yeah. But, he, but
1: he speaks his Spanish is better. Yeah. No. So wait, what did you bring? What, what did you
3: bring?
1: bring <laughs> oh,
4: I've been in this. Here. Let me see it. Keep talking. Now I'm, uh, I'm buying a lot of stuff from the people, you know, the famous guys. Yeah, I go to the Woodwills and all those uh, yeah, yeah. areas. You find a lot of records and uh, maybe i lucky and I find some, maybe a quarter or something from 19... Uh, it's a quarter... Uh, 1934 1934 yeah because maybe like the three thousand dollars four thousand dollars look
3: now the bird's outside tell me how is it working Are you like working for him yeah he's a good guy to work for oh, yeah he's too good does it bother you that he never tried to speak spanish to you before no today? no because uh, that would offend me if i were you because you're is that? What is
4: that? maybe oh that is for your uh, cigarros cigarettes i don't smoke cigarettes <laughs> no i smoke cigars yeah cigars yeah oh
1: yeah
4: <laughs> <laughs> right? that's a great cigar, reaction cigar, cigar. oh okay Cigaros. yeah but i got goodwill i buy this uh from goodwill i don't try to make business with you because you're my friend good yeah. friend so only pay 60 dollars but if you don't want it i can put in the 60 bucks yeah yeah 60 i pay 60 i don't want to make one penny because you know he's a good guy he's a bird yeah. i know he's a good guy he's a good guy i'll buy it and I, now i want
3: by the, to the way buy that's a, a great sales strategy Ma- do it
4: on his podcast <laughs> where he has to look like a cheap fuck because, if he says uh, no. Now I want to buy uh, my uh, daughter's my granddaughter, a <laughs> uh, box spring for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, good. I have a little granddaughter. She, she's uh, eight months. Oh, really? Congratulations, yeah, man. thank you very much. What's her name? Gabriel. Gabriel.
0: Well, no, you're, my you're, granddaughter.
4: Yeah, you're Ga- Gabriel. Yeah, my granddaughter is uh, Luna Aurora. Luna, very beautiful. Luna Aurora.
3: Very beautiful, yeah, so yeah.
4: So, what kind of work do you do? I'm a comedian, too. Yeah, me and Bert... Uh, oh, comedian... Uh,
3: Comedian, yeah, oh, yeah.
4: Comedian. Oh, you look. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. I tell, I tell jokes. You look like familiar. Oh
3: no, I doubt you've seen me on television. You know, they don't, they don't really put me on you TV know, too David often.
4: Junior and all this, uh, Elvis Presley and uh, all this. I know them all the time. I go and talk to them in uh, Las Vegas. Oh, when you, you, you know them. I was gambler, you know. Oh, really? Yeah, in my last life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah not in this life in my last life <laughs> uh, oh thank you gracias Bert. i appreciate i gotta i gotta sell this uh cell phone case 20 bucks yeah. dude do you want to brand new the- so you know um i i like go to uh goodwill to buy all those items yeah. and i look for the signatures okay. and i go to las vegas you know where they buy all the signatures for the famous yeah maybe i get uh i have a signature from this guy uh Make uh, this kind of uh, movies in New York about uh, 60 years ago. Yeah. I don't remember the movies, but he's a good guy. Uh, well, don't. Yeah. Guy. And, uh, maybe <laughs> I bring it. No, to no, no, no. Don't do anything <laughs> else. Let's yeah. talk about yeah. the okay. purchase. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. I'm looking oh, for this uh, Spencer oh, O'Neill tweet. Who's this guy? That's me. Oh, you look uh, funny here. I <laughs> 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 You look serious. <laughs> now you look really funny here. <laughs>
3: This is the look you need. Oh, Bert. this
4: guy is famous.
3: Yeah, yeah he's oh. pretty famous.
4: <laughs> oh, look, I don't. How long know. have you worked for Bert? Oh, twenty years. Twenty years. <laughs> yeah, twenty years. Oh no 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 no! Sorry, uh, twenty years in this house. Twenty five years. <laughs> Wait, in, in this house. This house. So yeah. he came with the house. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah Legitimately. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> you're just that nice of a guy that you didn't fucking fire him. Yeah, 20, 20, 20, 25 years here. I know this house for 25. I'm Mr. Ras for 25. Who do you years. like better, the last guy or Bert? Oh, uh, I think.
3: Uh, <laughs> I, think uh, <laughs> I love how honest he is.
4: Both are same, same, same. The
3: same. That's such yeah, a same. lie. If it, if it, here's the thing. You could have you just said Bert, but he had to say the same yeah. But it, I think that's same.
4: so fucking funny. The, that uh, guy was a really nice man. He was like a hundred years, ninety-five. Ninety-five. Yeah, and he was very nice. Yeah. His uh, grandma, I think he, grandma, I think his mom, and father, give the house to him.
3: Did you still? Do you still visit him? I know, but he visits his parents every week. So no, he, I
4: tried to. No, no, I don't know where his family lives.
3: Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. That's
4: no, good. he already passed away, but I don't know where he's now.
3: He should be the co host of your podcast. Yeah, you can come on anytime you come in, just come in and talk. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay,
4: for now on. Yeah. So thank
3: you. It's a recurring like, yeah, thing. Yeah, that's great.
4: Maybe I bring, a, I buy, you know, I have a beautiful uh, box like this color. Yeah. Really, really old, but you know. $90. Uh, no, 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 90 You know, I look inside because, you know, you never know what's inside. Yeah. And it's not open, only have like two screws. When I was uh, buying for maybe $3 on Godwill, I say, oh, maybe this is a really nice box. And I put the box like this and sound something inside. And you know what is that? What? It's when you pass away, ashes. Ash? Yeah. Yeah, I keep it in my house. It's a really old lady and I keep it in my house. Really? Yeah.
1: Well, this, here, let me see the mic. Okay. What we can do is we'll do a segment where if you have something you want to sell, you can bring it here and we'll sell it to the listeners. Yeah. If they're, and you can just, like, it's like QVC. You show them on the camera what it looks like. That's amazing. And then we'll put it up there, and then you can sell it.
3: Yeah. He's got a lot of fans. There's a lot of people that listen yeah. to the show, so you could you could just make it a thing. What's your name, Gabriel? Gabriel. 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 Gabriel's. Uh, Gabriel's.
4: Saint. Saint Gabriel. You know, I'm a saint.
3: <laughs> I don't believe that, Everybody, Gabriel.
4: You know, in Mexicans, all all the Mexicans have Gabriel. Uh, San Jose, Jose, Joe. Dan.
3: I just watched you hustle my friend Bert out of sixty dollars. I don't think you're a you saint. The Mexicans, That's not the way I would describe Me- you. Mexicans are. Uh, all... <laughs> he just found that in the garbage
4: outside and walked in and took sixty dollars out of your pocket. The, no, no, the Mexicans. All the Mexicans have a uh, um, saint. You know, like a Santo, Santo, saint. Yeah, Santo Judas. Yeah, Santo Judas. But uh, all the Mexicans are devils. Oh, the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, uh, you know, like the Chapo, yeah. he killed uh, 50,000 people, is what they say. Really? In the Sp- English and Spanish news, they say he killed uh, 50,000 people. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. You, you go to Mexico and they put the back in the back, the uh, backpack in the back with marijuana, you have to cross the border from Mex- Mexico to the United States. Yeah. If, if you don't do it, they shoot you. Really?
1: Yeah. We'll bring something next week and we'll put it on the podcast.
4: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Thank you, Gabriel. Oh, okay. Thank you, Gabriel. I appreciate
1: it. Okay. Here, shake. Uh, guys, shake hands. Okay. Thank you, my Gracias. brother.
4: Gracias, my friend. Gracias. Thank you, Thank you very much.
3: I. You already got the money, Gabriel. The, we get it.
4: My granddaughter. Yeah. Yeah. It's back now. It's back. She she get like hostages for one month and now I bring it back. Hostages. Yeah. The lady. She don't let my my daughter, yeah. my daughter to come to visit my mom, her uh, mom, my uh, daughter, and uh, I say, oh, so I call the sheriff and we we'll go to the sheriff, and the sheriff tell, oh, take everything and go back house. Now everything's good. Okay, good. Yeah. Nice. Because you know the police here is different than Mexico. Yeah. yeah. It's why Kate, you know, Katie, la the. They grow with the Chapo. She don't want to go in Mexico to the court in Mexico. She want to go in court right here. Yeah, yeah. Because the problem is uh, there and problem is here. But she's gonna make the movie for the like, Chapo. Okay.
0: All right.
3: Thanks, Gabriel. Gracias. 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 Okay, nice to talk to you. Nice to talk to you, my friend. Gracias. Okay. Si. Sí.
1: Thank you. you. Your house, are
3: you make your there? I hope so. Yep. I. House?
1: No, 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 no. He no, lives no, no, no. in New York. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna commute every day yeah all right thank you gabriel <laughs> what the fuck that was awesome that was let's see if i can just get a That probably looks like it uh let's shut that door bert dude, he's a fucking gem dude fucking yeah I, you know what's so funny i've never talked to him once like like on the podcast <laughs> but it. I went in. I go, I go, I'm, I only need 60 bucks. Leanne's like, what the fuck for? You're not buying that goddamn thing. <laughs> I go, He well, just did it on the podcast. I'm looking like an asshole if I'm like fucking his granddaughter's a hostage. Like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> and what if he starts a fucking Twitter war with me and El Chapo?
3: <laughs> He's talking
1: all this shit about El
3: Chapo. Dude, that's fucking hilarious, It's dude. because of
1: you. You know what? I'm being dead serious when I Why? say this. Uh, because... You have that kind of personality that likes to meet other people. So do I. Obnoxious? No, no, no. But but that like you, I, any other any other person. I swear to God, yeah. it would have just been like, like hey, you know. But you were like, hey, what's it? and you started to talking to him almost like you would on fucking like. It's like I think it's that New York personality. Like yeah. you're just like, yeah, come on in, and you started talking to him, and he was a fucking gem. Yeah, he's have him on a he's on the podcast every Tuesday now. You he's literally should he's do a here, here every fucking
3: Tuesday. Every week with him. That's fucking brilliant.
1: He's here every Tuesday. As soon as I podcast, he starts up. Yeah. He was here with Chris Titus. I should have been bringing him in this whole time.
3: Yeah, that's it's a real missed opportunity.
1: And now we're going to bring uh we'll do uh we'll have him buy shit and he'll sell it on the podcast.
3: And then you take a cut though, Bert. Don't let him fucking take keep all the money. You keep 15%. Yeah, well, fuck. Yeah. Him. I'll put it on my eBay. I'll just buy it for him and turn it over. <laughs> yeah, dude, but I yeah, I think it's interesting you say that cuz uh yeah, the accessibility. I'm almost like training myself to be more accessible because you do the same thing. You're on Periscope. You answer the fans. You're yeah. very engaged with social media, and I think today you almost have to make yourself um, accessible. You have to, you know. I the UFC was a great company. I watched what they did, and it really inspired me. You know, yeah. I, I get really inspired by watching. Like, I, I'm I'm fans of. of Certain people and certain things beyond just like enjoying it aesthetically. Yeah. Like I love the UFC as a company. They're a really smart fucking company. And what they did a few years ago is they implemented all of these bonuses for their fighters um, for social media growth. So it'd be like a $5,000 bonus at the end of the year for percentage of growth, whoever had the most percentage growth. Really? Creative tweets. You know, people were being funny. And they had a list of social media bonuses that they were giving out because they wanted their guys to be accessible and to reach out and, and to have a relationship with the fans and i think today you almost need to do that you know this is like entertainment 2.0 where it's like you know back in the day if you wanted to if you want when legends of the fall came out if you wanted to tell brad pitt that he sucked in that movie you had to i wouldn't even know what you would have to do you'd have to fucking take a a tour of hollywood on a bus and you'd find out the address of some studio that was you know maybe the manager and write a letter and you'd write a, letter write a letter and that's it it's yep. gone Just I have no idea now you could literally be like Brad Pitt fuck you you asshole yeah. and he'll see it you know he sees it sometimes he'll respond back fuck you that 's crazy yeah. this is like the, the time we live in so if if people like Paris Hilton and all these super famous people are willing to engage with people through social media, who the fuck am I? so I, I always make myself like if if anybody writes me an email or a letter or a Facebook st- message or anything. I try to answer literally every single one of them. Yeah, every single one of them until I can't. There's going to be a day where I can't do it anymore, you know. And at that point, I guess I'll just y'all say I'll try to answer every one of them. But I think there's something important about it. Was I'll tell you a quick story. The one of the first comedy shows I ever went to, I saw Greg Rogel at the New York Comedy Club. Greg Rogel's a New York comic yeah, yeah, I know Greg. forever. Up, Greg. Murderer. Yeah. Murderer. Yeah. This yeah, guy. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Kind of like, oh shit, Isla. Motherfucker. Um, keep going. Sorry. I'm just making sure we're both in the shot.
3: Yeah, yeah. So he uh after the show at the New York Comedy Club, this is before I started doing comedy, um, I had a joint and I went up to him and I was like, I was like, Hey dude, I got a joint you want to smoke? His like, yeah, I'll smoke a joint with you. And we smoked a joint together, me, him and a buddy of mine, and you know, look, in retrospect, I go, yeah, he was a fucking comic smoking some dude's weed. You know, yeah. <laughs> it was his lucky day, really. Um, <laughs> it was definitely his lucky day. <laughs> but in my mind, I was like, I was like, how cool was that? This guy who's been on HBO and Comedy Central. Yeah. He's willing to take, uh, you know, five minutes with me, shoot the shit, you know, smoke a joint with me. It just really it always really stuck with me. Um that he was willing to kind of to take that time. And I watch other guys that, you know, they get done at a comedy club. They make a beeline for a cab or the subway. They don't talk to anybody. They don't shake anybody's hands. And I think that we have enough technology now that you can literally have like, almost like, um, it's a mutually beneficial relationship. You know what I'm saying? I take as much from the audience as they take from me. Ultimately we, we can't, I can't have a career without them. So I really try to make myself accessible to them.
1: That's interesting I I, I I all I could think of in that when we were when we were saying that was like, I wonder if it had been say twenty years ago, do you think Lindsay Lohan would have just skated by and they would have fixed it that the net the company the studios would have just like covered up her tracks and be like, no, 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 she can make us some money like and we would have never learned. About what a like, like her fucking coming undone. Yeah. Like, cause social media and the accessibility of the news and TMZ really. She was a kid that was, was the first... She was probably the first soldier to hit ground with that. Yeah. Like, the first one right out of the boat that was like, wait, you can't do coke and steal someone's car anymore? <laughs> like, fucking... That will get out there? Yeah, that's going to get out there? The fuck, man? They've got... Do they have a computer chip in to my <laughs> Like Because, like, like, when Brad Pitt... I bet Brad Pitt has some fucking real skeletons. Yeah. You know? But when, when you said Legends of the Fall, all I thought was... Yeah, man, they just—they took care of him. That's it. Like you had, they just there was were like, no. There was, Don't worry, Brad. We'll we'll take care of it. We'll
3: clean it up. You had a. You had a, It was very controlled. The amount, like the amount of exposure you had when you went on TV, it was a few times a year. You know, you think about even like pro wrestling back then. Hulk Hogan, you would only you'd only see him four times a year. You'd only yeah. see Hulk Hogan like you would do an interview on like, uh you know, uh, Saturday morning cartoons yeah, once in blue. a blue You know, you'd see Hogan like he'd come out at a pay-per-view. But that was it, dude. That's how big his celebrity was. He wasn't in our faces every single day. You know, God damn it, man. I never thought about it that way. Hulk Hogan. You'd only
1: see him like b- best case scenario. If you were a massive fan. Yeah. 10 times a year. Oh, you'd have to be huge. You'd fan have to, to be obsessed with Gold Kogan. <laughs> and then he went to the fact that you saw him every single day. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, all those and little. And then he
3: said, of course he said nigger. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> His best friend was named Bubba. <laughs> okay. he's, a, he's a sixty year old pro wrestler who lived through the eighties. You of your mind? course he did.
1: Of course he did. By the way, is it is the clip of him saying the M-word, is that just that interview?
3: Is it- no, 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 no. He said it in the same tape that he was fucking Bubba's wife. Really? He was talking about how his girlfriend his daughter was dating a bunch of like rappers and basketball players or whatever, and that's how he said it. Oh um, shit. Yeah, so that's how he got caught. It was it was a, a one video fucked him twice. God damn it! Which I don't think that'll damage him. I I, I think he'll come back. They're, they're, I think they're already talking about bringing him back. Yeah, he's.
1: I was I was sat on a plane next to Ric Flair the other day. Oh yeah, and I The whole time I was like, and I I mean I grew up in Florida. He was a big Florida wrestler, and uh, as soon as he sat down, I said, "Is it?" I, I thought, "Is it Bill Parcells?" Because I, I couldn't place it. And and what's interesting is that he was walking to on the plane right in front of me, and he is dressed very nicely. He Silent was, profiling. He was uh, he was in khakis, a uh, white button down, and a or like a a golf shirt and a blazer, and his ch- and his chick was really hot. And I thought this guy's got money. I remember thinking that like I wonder what he does for a living, and uh, and he was limping really bad, yeah, like really limping. And then he sat down, and he and I it was like six in the morning. I ordered a beer. He ordered a. Uh, Bloody Mary. And this is what tipped it off. He did a move I do all the time. I used like, to, Keep the change. Woo. No, he, no. <laughs> That's <McFlair. laughs> That's for
3: you, baby. Woo. Yeah, that was it. He keep the change. <laughs> Style and profile.
1: He, uh, he did. I used to, I used to upgrade my uh, directors, have them sit next to me, and then I'd say, listen, when she asks if you want a drink, you do, but you're getting it for me. So that I could have two drinks before takeoff, and but and but the thing is, what happens in that situation? You want to make sure you get the right drink. You don't want to have someone sit next to you like this girl. Lonnie would always be like, "Oh, I'll get." Um, what champagne do you have and I'm like Lonnie I'm fucking drinking it I don't want champagne I want a fucking you want I'll tell you what you want you want a double vodka on the rocks and he and, and Rick Flair did that to his chick he goes uh, I'll take a Bloody Mary and she'll take a du- double Bloody Mary and so he put it on her yeah. and then and then I watched him sip hers and then put it back in front of her it was, I did the I do the identical fucking thing yeah. sip hers and put it back in front of her she's tearing through hers I've just barely touched mine it's
3: just an unnecessary shady thing yeah. the person you are ordering, you could just go oh yeah she's gonna order one for it. it doesn't matter yeah. it's so funny how like it's like it's almost like a weird like you ha- it's it's your almost weird way to like be naughty yeah i do the same thing we go to uh, there's a brunch place right next to my spot me and my my buddy dave smith always go there hey, dave with, with my kid Dave's so funny what yeah. are you one of the best political comics in new york but one of the best political comics in the country period yeah. that kid in two years everyone's gonna be like holy fucking shit yeah that guy is out of control. So funny. Um, but we always go to this brunch spot, and, uh, like, he, does, you know, he, he doesn't drink at brunch. Like, I'll usually drink um, a Bloody Mary. He'll usually get, like, an orange juice or, like, a, you know, a soda or whatever. Yeah. So I'll say, dude, you get a free drink with brunch. So I'm like, let me just order the soda, and then you order me the Bloody Mary on yours – at the end of the day, the person doesn't actually really give a shit. We yeah. could just do it, but it's a whole show. <laughs> Don't waste your setup. free drink
1: on a fucking soda. Yeah,
3: exactly. <laughs> that's really funny.
1: It, yeah, it was really interesting because I was like I, – immediately I was like, oh, my God. It really kind of actually scared me uh, For in all honesty because I my cardiologist had told me, um, uh, hey, you're having a good time, you're partying. That's great, but it needs to stop. It needs to stop drastically because you do not want to be – 66 years old, living this lifestyle. I promise you. I have clients that – I have uh, patients that are doing that, and I have one very famous patient who is – who's you? He's a big drinker, big partier, and
3: – His never, name was Lemmy.
1: And I, God I rest his soul. I wanted to know his name so bad, and, yeah. and he can't tell me, but then I saw Ric Flair, who's probably 66, drinking like that and i went and i saw and i saw him limping on the plane yeah i saw him limping off i saw him like step sit up he passed out and he slept like a fucking dead man like really slept like a dead man like yeah and i was like oh fuck and literally i went to myself okay Bert. uh all right now we know what we're doing I
3: know where we're at. But then yeah, of course, I had a bottle of wine last night. I'm with. I just stopped drinking like three weeks ago. Really? Yeah, yeah. Just for good, good, or just? I think for- so. I I don't really like drinking that much. I like I like drinking. Yeah. I like I like the act of drinking with my friends. I do too. Being drunk in itself, usually I'll just go to sleep. I, whenever I'm at a point where I'm like slurring and saying, "You've seen me. <laughs> you've yeah. seen me a couple times now," <laughs> where I'm fucking hammered. I usually get self-conscious and embarrassed. So I'm like, oh, dude, I'm going to make an ass out of myself in front of some people in the industry or I'm going to say something really offensive or stupid in front of somebody that doesn't get who I am or the type of humor that I have. And I usually just kind of shut down and I become very antisocial. So, yeah, dude, I've been... The other thing is, and you know, dude, when you're in the comedy clubs, you're drinking every single night For the most part, we drink for free. You know, you tip out 20 bucks at the end of the night and you're fucking just getting loaded. Yeah. Um, And I drink whiskey. So I'm drinking every single night. New York City, you do comedy seven nights a week, sometimes two, three, four, five, six shows a night, depending on the night of the week. Yeah. Seven nights a week, I'm drinking at least five or six cups of whiskey. And at one point I'm, I'm like, dude, I'm like, I don't even like it. I know that I'm killing myself. I got, a, I got, a, a three year old kid who I think the world of. It's like, what's the point? I smoke weed every day. I think that's enough. You know, it pro-
1: you know if, if I think if I could smoke weed every day, I'd be more apt to to not drink. Um, but I I get very self conscious when I smoke weed. Oh, okay, so, like, yeah. So like I get start going. I start going. Does everyone realize that I don't belong here? That I'm just a fucking that I'm like. So, I remember I had to read – Pat Buckles had to read my Comedy Central – Premium blend set back to me, and when she read it back to me, it wasn't funny. And I had it fucked my brain up for. <laughs> like she just read it like she's like, "My name's Bert. I know what you're thinking. Hot sexy name, Bert." So Bert, it
3: says, Bert. "Act out, take shirt off." Yeah. I don't really understand how it, I don't it really, doesn't translate on paper. Yeah,
1: I so so yeah so so you're, you're doing the whole set like I mean it's just someone can dissect the way you perform for me, and it turns into it just isn't funny. Like yeah, so you take your shirt off, and I go yeah, oh, and.
3: Okay. And, and then, uh,
1: so, you're listening to Black <laughs> Betty for the first 45 <laughs> seconds of your set? So, everyone's listening to music together?
3: And then- uh, dude, uh, dude, your set on paper doesn't <laughs> look good. And then,
1: and then you grab the mic and you say, I need to clean up my life.
3: <laughs> okay.
1: All right. Now, I agree with it, but I just don't understand. What is this? So... What, is there a punchline here? And you're like, no. So, you got involved with the Russian mafia and you always talk for 12 minutes? That Okay, great. And okay. so, like... But I, I, literally, I, I always say to myself, like, I like I watch great comics do fucking material, and I'm like, fuck, yeah, like, and so, but you know, I mean, my stand up is what it is, you know, and I've been yeah, doing but it for, long first enough First of that it all, works.
3: you you are a great comic with great material, but I think first and foremost, you're fucking really funny. Yeah. You're like a funny guy first, right? And that's like a Bobby Kelly thing. It's like yeah. a really, really fucking funny guy. Bobby Kelly was the funniest guy at a sixth grade lunch table period you know yes, what i'm saying yes. i was the funniest guy at my sixth grade lunch table i was period. the funniest
1: guy Without a doubt. at my ninth grade lunch table and i continued that ninth tenth eleventh twelfth in college i was the funniest guy in my fraternity yep. and i lit. And, and i i remember i dated a chick that told me uh i told her i wanted to be a stand-up like after i went to europe i came back and we were laying in bed before the miami game and i was like i think i know what i want to do yeah. and she was like oh my god and she was an actress. She was a. Uh, she was an actress. She goes. I go. I, I'm gonna. I want to be a comedian. And she was like, Oh, oh, honey, you're not like smart funny. You're like dumb funny. <laughs> and that fucking. And then Pat Buckle's reading my <laughs> set to me. I was like, Motherfucker. I'm fucking, and then every time I write like a smart joke, I always feel like it just stands out in my set. Like I have no idea. Like, I, like
3: it's like Todd Perry tearing his shirt off in the middle of his set. Like, oh yeah, all right, yeah. You remember when he Todd was great, but you remember when he took his shirt off? Yeah. It was pretty crazy, very untod like.
1: Don Barry taking shirt off. Yeah,
3: but that thing. I think there's a lot of comics, and I'd, I'd say at this point, the back when I started, I would say half the comics. But now the majority of comics, because of social media, because there's no barrier to entry in this business, because anyone can create a YouTube video, anybody can go up on an open mic. I think most comics are smart and not very funny. I don't know how often I speak to comics in life, even in New York, which is supposed to be the fucking be all end all of the funniest people on the planet where they're making me laugh in life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. they they understand how to write a joke. And I think anybody with a brain can figure out the formula of, you know, what setup and punches and what misdirection is. Um, but that actual, that f- like that funniness where people go, dude, you should be a comic. You know what I'm saying? Nobody said, I say most of the comics when they were kids, they weren't, they were, they might have been smart and quiet or whatever it is, but nobody was going up to them and be like, dude, you should, you're so fucking funny. You should make this your life. And that's something that I know you heard throughout your whole entire yeah. life. And I wish, I, I think that most of the comics that I appreciate and respect and love and I think are, are really funny, they've heard that. And that's just, I've always kind of gravitated toward the really funny person and then how good they construct a joke second. You know?
1: Yeah. I was, I, I, I remember watching, when I first started just sitting at the Boston Comedy Club and watching, Stand up and then thinking, uh, like. My buddy Eddie came up one time and we were watching everyone, and the only person he thought he'd want to hang out with was Bobby Kelly. Yeah, he was like, "I don't want to fucking hang out with any of these fucking people." Fuck
3: it's a fucking, it's the president. We we, we we vote for who we want to have a beer with, right? Yeah, that's life. That's right there. That thing is everything in every and that, industry. And that thing, period. That
1: casting as well. Casting is like is you want to watch? No one wants to watch someone on TV like that they don't fucking relate to. Yeah, I mean, maybe I take that back. I mean, but but even still, like, look at Donald Don, Don Draper. The reason that character, that character was likable, despite the fact that he fucked everything, drank everything, and was a horrible human being, you still thought, I wouldn't mind being on a dinner table with him. Yeah. He'd be fun as fuck. Pull out his big ass dick. Yes.
3: (laughs) guy's got a monster cock. Yeah, I saw that picture. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable.
1: (laughs) You you know what is interesting about you that I I find um, that was one of the things that I kind of like secretly cheered to myself? We were at Montreal last year? Yeah, last, last year. summer.
3: Yeah, last summer. And uh,
1: someone, I'm sitting with someone, and someone said, oh, uh, do you know Lewis? And I was like, yeah, of course. And they're like, oh, did you see his set this year? And I said, no. And they're like, oh, he's. did you know he's on the top ten comics to watch for or something? Was that it?
3: Yeah, yeah, something like that. Like uh, one of the standout performances. Yeah. And, yeah. I,
1: and I went, and I got excited. I got excited for one reason and one reason only. I... Every time you hear that statement, it is always some comic who you're like, "How the fuck did they get that?" Yeah. Like, and then you realize, "Oh, their publicist found out there was going to be a list and reached out to the net, the to Maxim and said, hey, if you're looking at the hot list of comics this year, you should.' Can I send them your CD?" And then they just were like, "Well, you know what?" And you feel like it, you were grifted in that. Yeah, you're the only person that I've ever heard in those lists where I was like oh I know that guy and I know he's fucking funny yeah and I was like and he didn't have a publicist to get him on that no. list
3: <laughs> no I didn't at all in fact I didn't even have that great of a set to be honest like I, I had okay sets at Montreal yeah I think that it was just very different from everybody else I was older than everybody else I've been doing it a lot longer than everybody else and I think that that kind of made me stand out I really like what they wrote in that uh, little write-up and it was um, they said like a gritty old school New York set or something like that and I was just like yeah dude they somebody got it yeah somebody got a little more what i do because the guys that i always liked it was never it was just never the guys that were getting these huge tv shows i
1: i quote and like i understand people make fun of rich voss all the time i yeah. quote rich, rich voss voss is
3: voss is fucking unbelievable
1: i dude. quote him to uh, to people that have like the fucking joke he has about sitting indian style it's such an old old joke what's he, the joke i don't know
3: oh I mean,
1: <laughs> this great. is so old this is probably a 17 year old joke yeah he goes uh, uh now you can't say sitting indian style you got to say crisscross applesauce huh. when i was a kid the teacher told me to sit indian style i got drunk and laid in the curb <laughs> <laughs> i fucking I, I i quote rich Voss. anytime someone says that's it's a fucking great joke but he's he's just and by the way and I, i'll say this without a doubt one of the sweetest dudes yeah. alive. I mean, just one of those guys that I that I could like Bobby, I could call up yeah. and I could just be like and th- that style of comedy is I feel like it's it's nuanced in that, like, people... You, you forget that that, that that that's
3: funny also. Yeah. That, you know, like, you go to Montreal and that's you see, so. That's By the way, that's fucking... Here's the thing, right? It's funny first. It's just a fu- Like, just funny first. And then it's also a really well-constructed joke.
1: I don't want to see... This is what I don't want to see. I don't want to see people fucking just emulating Voss and Bobby and, and, and corielli and all these guys that are New York guys yeah. because they think that's how to be funny. The same way I don't want to see people emulating Eric Andre. Like, yeah. when I watch Eric Andre... I
3: watch him, and I get excited because he is doing him. Yeah. That is him doing it. That's another guy I met really – I think I gave him his first spot in New York before I started doing comedy. He is such – I met him through like a girl that we just knew, like a mutual friend. He just moved from Florida like days yeah. uh, before, and he was really funny, always really funny. He just – and he's different, and yeah. I don't
1: want to see someone copy him. Yeah. He's doing his own fucking thing, man. Ari and I hung out with him at Montreal at the airport yeah. and just fucking bullshitted, and man, that guy – He's one of those guys. There's a handful of guys that I've run into that are younger than I am. That I go, oh, that's someone I would have hung out with a lot if we'd yeah. been the same age. Yeah, like he's- Brent Morin, very funny, fucking on undateable with, uh, with yeah. He's, he, he was just in. Uh, I do a call and sick to work tour where I go to clubs at noon. I do radio, I drink on radio. Oh, cool. And then I go in, everyone calls in sick to work. We go to the club at noon. That's great. Dude. We do a show and then we all go out and party that afterwards. A lot of people do it? Uh, it's sold out everywhere it's ever been. What? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's fucking
3: dope. Dude. Well, That's I think a great it sold idea.
1: It's sold out uh, mostly because of well, the test will be uh, Columbus on St. Paddy's Day. That's when, great. I'm doing Columbus dude. on St. Paddy's Day and that club's like 450. So I doubt it'll sell out 450. But St. Patty's Day, it's just it's it's different, you know. It's like a different way to it's different
3: way to repackage, you know. Yeah, I think it's great. That's a great idea. Yeah. See, I I don't know if people are people aren't creative with how we're like, like obviously we're supposed to be funny, but whatever vehicle we bring the funny in, you know what I'm saying? Like you could just have fun with that as well. It doesn't need to be like,
1: uh, you know. I started really thinking about like ways to shoot my hour, and this is going to sound really silly, but I haven't performed with a shirt on in probably. Maybe five years, three years, five years. Like, legit. Like, I've done, like, showcase stuff where I, you know, it's where I'm doing seven minutes and I'm like, I'm I'm not going to rip my shirt off for seven minutes. The reason I take my shirt off is for an hour. I start getting sweat stains and I look like I'm fucking not doing well. Yeah. And it it fucked with my head. And so I just took it off. And then there's, I sweat, but who gives a fuck? Yeah. yeah. You see a bare chest. And so, um,. (laughs) Someone said, you're not going to do your hour special with your shirt off, are you? And I was like – and I got self-conscious of it. And as soon as I got self-conscious, I was like, I can't do it with my fucking shirt on. I can't do it because all I remember is that my first hour special in 2009, me, Chris Titus, Bill Burr, and uh, Pete Correale all wore the exact same outfits. Hilarious. Black shirts, jeans, black (laughs) shoes. Identical outfits. Yeah. I mean, you could have mixed up any of our specials were fucking similar. Uh, I mean, but – so I don't know.
3: I don't know where I was going on this. Was, we were talking about Voss. But yeah, that's, you were saying what a nice guy. People, that's another guy. Like I think New York comics get this like um, reputation for just being kind of dicks. If you're at a table with Rich Voss and you say something stupid, he's going to tell you you said something stupid. And it's yeah. going to be hilarious to everybody around you. Yeah, And if you're funny... You will think it's funny too. Yeah. The only people who don't like that type of ball bussiness are people who aren't funny first, and they get self conscious, and then they go like, "Oh, this guy's being a fucking dick to me." Voss is literally one of the sweetest people in New York. Yeah. I mean, one of the one of the nicest guys in comedy. If you want to ask his advice as a young comic, he is so willing to like lend you his ear and give you his advice. He's just that guy, and I think it's just a. It's really just a misconception. Bobby Kelly too. It's like people think like he's this mean dick. Like Bobby Kelly's the sweetest person and the most generous person I've ever met in my entire life. And he's smart. Period.
1: He's smart. Really I think smart. people look at Bobby and they think, you know, because he's from Boston and he's got this like ball breaking attitude that like he's not an, a super intelligent person. Yeah. He is super. I had fucking beef with someone one time and I got fucking really upset. And i like, fuck- dude,
3: I love beef. Bring yeah. it over. <laughs> dude, you got beef. Do you got any potato wedges? Bobby,
1: i called bobby i was in i was in dayton and i was get. i remember being on like, getting on the interstate and i called bobby and i was like man i'm fucking done i think i'm ready to blow it up i'm gonna fucking i'm just gonna flame throw this thing and bobby was like dude i'll tell you something <laughs> fucking two crazy people are shouting at each other on the street you don't know who's fucking crazy yeah if one person crazy just shouting out to nobody you know that person's crazy good point don't Great fucking advice. let them shout Don't fucking get involved in it. it Who was it? Can
3: you talk about who the beef was with? No. Everyone knows. I want to know. I'm not going to say it. (laughs) Can you (laughs) mouth it to me? (laughs) Hang on.
1: Hang on. Yeah, 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 yeah.
3: yeah.
1: Leanne. Leanne. Come on in for two seconds. Lewis, give me one second. Leanne, is there anything you'd like to share with us?
2: I would like to remind everybody that you can start your free trial website today at squarespace.com. The sites look professionally designed regardless of your skill level. Like I could do it. It's so easy to design through their through their site. So if you decide to sign up with, with Squarespace, you make sure you use the offer code BERTCAST to get 10% off your first purchase. And you get a free domain name if you sign up for a year.
1: Fantastic.
2: I know. Squarespace, build it beautiful.
1: Build it beautiful. All right. B- build it beautiful. <laughs> Bye, beautiful. Bye, I love, beautiful. I love you. Bye. All right. Uh, you were saying, Louis, or, or rather I was saying...
3: I mean, you said it out loud. <laughs> 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 I mean, it's not like you got a fucking noise gate on these things. <laughs> oh god, uh, it's yeah. fucking hilarious.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but that was uh, that was fucking interesting. This has been one of the best podcasts I've done in a very long fucking time. Oh, thanks, dude. I literally. What's, what's your schedule look like today? I got uh, therapy in
3: fifteen minutes. I got. Uh, I got nothing going on. I got. Did uh, you come out to LA for you just to hang? Yeah, I got a couple shows, and then uh, I, you know, I do that XM show with Michael Bisping, yeah. UFC fighter. Yeah. So uh, we're doing a live one. I'm going to the open uh, open workouts. We're going to do a, a live show from there. Oh really? UFC is filming some stuff. So and then I got to... Um, I think I have a couple meetings. I just wrote a cartoon. Um, I wrote a couple cartoons, but the one that we're trying to get some eyes on right now, it's called the Alliance of Really Really Good People. And uh, yeah, it's basically it's so stupid. We wrote we wrote it like two years ago, and I just sat on it. And I, I met up with this animator who I pitched it to, and he was like, "Yeah, dude, I'll fucking I'll make that for you." Oh, nice. And it, dude, it's so stupid. It's um it's about a team of superheroes led by Hitler, <laughs> and uh, it's George George Zimmerman, Osama bin Laden, OJ Simpson. Charles Manson and Justin Bieber Yeah, and basically all of their crimes against humanity can be explained with them actually saving the world they're, they're good guys you know yeah. so uh, the casting we got uh, Rick Shapiro as Charles Manson oh,
1: fucking love it Rick
3: yeah he's so fucking funny uh, Big J as uh, George Zimmerman Dante Nero as OJ Simpson Soder kills it as uh, Osama Bin Laden and Hitler so and so, I mean Soder is maybe the most talented voice actor I've ever met in my life. He's phenomenal, dude. It's so funny every time I hear his name, I think of Bobby Cullin, call Bobby Cullin calling him monster Voice Yeah, monster voice Dan Soder. He's <laughs> dude. He's great, dude. He's really talented. So if, if you guys, if you guys uh, want to laugh, it's it's a rough cut. The the audio is a little bit off, but um, it's really funny. I just want to get a few thousand views on it and then pitch it and see if we can get some interest because just the idea of a, a superhero, a team of superheroes led by Hitler, isn't too uh, sellable by itself.
1: Yeah, no, I can see where that.
3: Yeah. <laughs> So, Oh, yeah. Also, uh, the, the bad guys are just Jewish people. They're aliens. Jews are aliens. So, yeah, look, it's probably not going to get sold. In fact, don't go watch it. It's probably better that you don't watch it. <laughs> what, uh, what, how long are you out here for? I'm out here till Saturday. I'll be out here till Saturday. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Doing some stand up. Do some stand up this week. What are you doing Friday night? Nothing. Like I literally that's the only night i got nothing going on oh you want to come out and do a set
1: at the yes. house already yes okay good we well, got two shows out there Fucking a, I'm in. awesome perfect i'll send uh an email I, f- I should probably post this before that show yeah i'll post this this week fuck this yeah, is a fuck i'll post it uh i posted corolla last night i'll post this one how many do, you do a week i try to do two a week yeah fuck but yeah. just because ads i never did sponsorships and then um bill burr and al madrigal were like i think you're wrong this is why. And it was, and I was, seemed like a lot of money to leave on the table. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, what am I not doing sponsors for? Yeah. And then fucking Sherry's Berries is not in this one, but it's Thanksgiving coming up. And they just <laughs> sent, or not, or, Valentine's Day. That's why I didn't do sponsors. <laughs> this one's probably a Squarespace uh, ad. Yeah. Um, Squarespace, you can build your own fucking, but it's, you know, it's, it's like, I'll tell you, Sherry's Berries sent over fucking berries. My kids fucking loved them. Oh, yeah. They, they loved them. And I was yeah. like, yeah, what what, what am I? Like, what is sherry's berries oh it's these chocolate covered berries they take the stems out too so they're just dipped in chocolate and it's actual berries like it's real berries strawberries and you just wolf them down and it's for valentine's day you can get them to your chick that's great it's like t- i want to say it's like 20 bucks for a dozen and if you buy the second dozen i um, by the way that did not sponsor on this ad but this is the setup
3: this is how good sherry's berries are that we don't even need the sponsorship yeah. money
1: i did it for the podcast i released last night my kids ate them and but the kids fucking loved them, and so now I'm ordering more Sherry's Berries for everyone for Valentine's Day. Yeah. And you get a second, uh, I'll just say the sponsorship in case you're now interested. You get a second box for 10 bucks, I think. So you get half off on the second box. So you can get 24 for the price of uh, whatever. And anyway, and just use the promo cat, uh, code BC, click the mic on Sherry's. It's at berries.com, B-E-R-R-I-E-S.com. Like I said, they're not sponsoring this episode, but it's a pretty good fucking product. And sweet. I talked to Kroll about it, and he's like, yeah, if I like the fucking thing, I'll definitely throw my name behind it and be yeah. like, hey, everyone check this out. Um, But yeah, so, all right, cool, Friday night. And then what What are you doing the rest of the week?
3: Uh, it's got some, uh, what, tonight I'm at the, at Flappers in Burbank. Oh, Fucking great club, yeah, yeah! I've done it a couple of times. Oh, great yeah, yeah, yeah. club, cool club, always busy. And then tomorrow I'm doing that Venice Underground show, which is a great show. What's that? Um, Bronson Jones' show, I don't know. great show, dude. That's like it's like notoriously a great LA show that feels very New York, low ceilings, oh, basement wow. room. Where's if, it in Venice? Venice, yeah. R- dude, killer. It's always packed out. 200 people every time. Oh, my God. Please tell them
1: to give me a call. I don't 100%. Know. Yeah, but, dude. that's great, yeah, but I'd love to do that fucking That's room. a
3: killer fucking room. And then Thursday, I'll be at the store. And now Friday, the ice house. Yeah. Uh, Thursday at the store. Um, I'm there at the store tonight
1: uh, doing this new material show that Jeremiah puts on. Okay. So you got to go up with no material. So I kind of dig that. So yeah. I'm like, what am I doing sets in the city for? Like, I don't really want to. I'm doing hours every fucking week. I'm working every single fucking week. I don't want to hear myself repeat something that I know works. Yeah. And, but then you find flappers it's got the Yoohoo room uh, that it's small intimate and I can take a new story that I'm working on and try to break it down in there yeah and
3: uh that's and, a good thing about comedy now is like there's a lot of that like obviously big j is what's your fucking deal I, I just did that storytelling show for NBC. so um and then they it, i guess it was in la that um stand up on the spot there's a lot of these like in the moment improv type shows
1: probably a set list yeah and you and you go up and you don't feel like you have to murder but then you really see the guys who separate themselves in the back because they murder like oh <laughs> like like that crowd work Thing we did for Jay, yeah. Uh, I w- I was like I was like I'm pretty good with crowd work, but until I have to do it, and then yeah. I'm like I'm like oh, I'm not the
3: fucking best. And it, it's so funny you don't realize how how much you the having. I hate to use the word crutch because it's a negative word, but having the material in your pocket. So if it's, you have a weird moment, all right, dude, I got a quick joke I could just boom go to and, and bring them right back in. Yeah, when you don't have that, how naked you feel.
1: I was, literally was like I I was fucking. I had a pretty good set only because I brought a girl up on stage who showed me. Showed me a video of her eating a girl out. (laughs) So I'm dying to see that. But yeah, like, and then I watched Jay do crowd work. And I was like, oh, that's fucking effortless. I was like, oh, shit, man. I'm better. I better never open my mouth about I'm good at crowd work again because I oh I can only get by.
3: Yeah, but fuck that cocksucker. He made a show where he just looks great in front of everybody. It's
1: yeah, like <laughs> he, me going, hey guys, shirtless comedy. Bert shirt <laughs> <laughs> We take our shirts off and then we do stand up with our shirts off. And, and first up, Bonnie McFarland. She's like, what the fuck? It's, <laughs> all yeah, it's all hot chicks. It's all hot chicks. That's not a bad fucking idea. A
3: great shit. Yeah. You, you just don't tell them, like, dude, we're gonna do it's all shirtless comedy, which they have that in York. By the way, the Naked Comedy. Oh, really? Um, which which I'm, I'm putting together my own. Uh, it's a mock comedy festival called Skankfest. Legion of Skanks presents. Yeah. It's a two day long comedy festival from noon to 2 a.m. at the Creek in the Cave on a Saturday and Sunday. We're waiting for a date, but the only show that we definitely have on board, we're combining New York's two hottest shows, which is the Naked Show and the Roast Battle. So we're doing a Naked Roast Battle oh, at Skankfest. Yeah, it's going to sh- be out of control. Uh, yeah, it's going to be really stupid. Uh, how often do you guys do Legion of Skanks? Twice a week, 9 o'clock uh, Eastern Standard Time on Anthony com. you can get it for free on itunes we do we release one of the episodes for free on itunes and on youtube every week so you guys can just search us on itunes and youtube
1: just two, two any two nights a week or just no we do uh tuesdays and wednesdays tuesdays and wednesday and nine o'clock that's fucking great it's and live you guys
3: shoot at the studio we do one at the studio and then we do one at the creek in the cave would you mother fucker, you got to come next time you're in new york we would literally just work around your schedule, and you believe me. The fans have been clamoring enough for you. If you came on, people would show up at four o'clock in the afternoon. It wouldn't matter. So. I fucking
1: I'd love to do. I'm I'm gonna make. I'm gonna take a trip out to New York that isn't for uh, Travel Channel. Yeah, and just do stand up stuff.
3: Just come, dude, come out and and do that and. Yeah, people love you on the show. We had Tony Hinchcliffe on last week, and he fucking murdered. People have, you, have you done his Kill Tony? I, they, he invited me last night, but I, I couldn't get there on time. I, I landed at like eight fifteen. Kill Tony is a great fucking live yeah. podcast.
1: Yeah, I heard it is fun as I did it with Segura. I think I did. It, I've done it a couple times. A side um, note,
3: dude, Tom Segura's new special on Netflix is out of control. Yeah, He's so funny. He's uh,
1: he, it really is funny. He, I really mean, fun. I, I saw him. I saw him do Conan the other day, yeah. and he told the story about meeting Mike Tyson, and it was i was i wanted to text him i actually did text him and say hey man you figured out you figured out something that i couldn't figure out he told a story that was slow and building to the point where and i was like and it was confident like he didn't he let the silence be silence and he didn't need the laugh and he fucking got it to the point where it got it earned the laugh and i was like I was like, man, if I was doing Conan I, and I was telling any story, I'd be all over the couch. And then the bear came up and he's like, oh, marshmallow, marshmallow. Like, <laughs> like, I would just be fucking ham boning it Dude, as hard as I could. So
3: afraid of silence. That, oh. I, I used to be afraid of silence on radio, too, and in podcasting until I listened to uh, Ron Bennington. Ron Bennington knows how to... Drop the mic. That motherfucker's the, the best. best. The best. The funny, The funniest guy in radio, period, and just understands pacing of a show you know i used to when i used to come on podcasts and radio it was just oh how do i fill the space how do i fill the time how do i, I make still sure do that, that. yeah it, it, you, you can just sit back sometimes so i you I, know, thought so I thought it was great when you got up and you left him it oh. was just it was it was a great moment where you go like no no, no not everything has to be so you know set and 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 you know a specific order it's like you can just kind of let it all happen and i'll the tell you what though. i'll tell
1: you what though i got i got uh i got fucked up on the podcasting XM vibe, meaning like you go do those shows and you do sit back, like you do Rogan and you just fucking chill and you just have a conversation, and like this is a fucking. I don't think either of us could be mistaken for doing radio today. Yeah, but but I did notice that I got so into that vibe that I'd go into radio and I'd be boring, right? Because radio, terrestrial radio, is a little bit like let's fucking do it. Well,
3: they're expect especially if they're bringing in a comic to promote his shows. Yeah, they have a formula. It's really just not the same medium. You right. know, even like with radio, like I host a radio show on Sirius XM. You know, I it's so easy compared to podcasting. I mean, I literally I gotta go for fifteen, twenty minutes, go to break, reset, come to a new topic. Yeah. To talk about a topic for fifteen minutes. It's nothing to talk about a topic for two and a half, three hours and have it flow seamlessly. In my opinion, that's a, a much harder thing. But when you come on as a stand-up on radio, it is just your job to kind of create punchlines. It's not really, you know. Once again, we talk about comics that have like their their agenda. It's like, no, no, no. Our agenda when you come to a radio show, it's like be funny for this fifteen-minute segment. Just make everybody laugh and then get people to come out to the comedy club. Yeah. So they don't really want you to be interesting.
1: It's yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting to say that because I found like like this uh and i'm gonna i'm gonna be very honest this podcast right now is without a doubt probably the best podcast i've done maybe maybe i've ever been a part of that i've like just laughing and and be it being genuine and it being one seamless conversation that got obscure and and odd when he came in and, (laughs) and we talked about real things and I, this is probably the favorite, and I'm not even fucking saying oh, this, thanks, dude. the favorite podcast I've done. I've done, I mean, like, Titus was one of the most uh, inspirational. I just sat and listened to him. I was like, man, this guy's fucking smart as fuck. I, with Crowley yesterday, uh, that's probably the proudest pod. Him and Bill Burr are the proudest podcasts I've ever done, because I feel like it was a good conversation that I didn't deserve to be a part of. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I right. like I literally went into interview Carolla, and I was like, how do I... Why would he want to talk to me? Right. How do I make him want to talk to me? Like I didn't. It's feel so like funny.
3: I- like the you, you, you. I mean, you know, you're a really fucking respected big comic, right? Yeah, I'm also a fucking mess. <laughs> from for, but from my perspective, I don't think that you shouldn't be sitting at a couch with Bill Barr having a conversation on a podcast. I understand that Bill Barr is everyone's favorite comic. Yeah, but in the grand scheme of things, you guys are just peers.
1: Me and Bill definitely like Bill. I've gotten to the place now where I'm like I don't I'd rather spend valuable time with Bill and hang out in my yeah. backyard and smoke a cigar and talk about life so that I can figure things out or talk about the way the business is working or or routing or whatever fucking helicopters yeah than do a podcast with him only because when I do a podcast I feel like I, I it, it with someone like Bill it's work to him yeah you know what I mean like you know like you and Joe and Ari I can do a podcast with Joe and Ari and and Joey. Man, maybe sometimes Joey. I split the difference because you do a podcast with Joey. Do you know Joey Diaz?
3: I don't. I don't know him personally. now. Oh, he's really funny. You can. He really, I've I, heard him on. A, I've watched his a couple of his periscopes, and I've I've listened to his podcast, and I've listened to him on Rogan's. He's the best, dude. Yeah, he's, he's the, the best. Great you should do his
1: podcast this week. Yeah, I would love to. I'll reach out to him. Oh please, that yeah, great. he's the best. Um, but like Joey, even still, you do a podcast with Joey, and Joey fucking, I just sit and listen. I don't. I really don't do a thing. <laughs> I literally sit and listen. Right. And and uh, but but I. I have more meaningful times with Joey um, when it's just me and him doing something. Yeah. Like going to get coffee. They're like, those are more important to me than podcasting. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really interesting. But this is, I'm, uh, I'm, this is a, a very, suddenly am I like, I'm really excited to release this podcast. Oh, cool. Thanks. Like dude. I fucking, I laughed. Probably this will, I know what I want to put in the vlog. Oh, yeah. Like, dude. Oh, it's fucking great, man.
3: That's great, dude. Well, thanks for having me on, man. This is, it's tell great. everyone
1: everything you got. You've got Legion of Skanks, you've got the, XM show, you've got – what is everything? All right, so
3: Legion of Skanks, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, 9 p.m., anthonycumia.com. The Countdown, Sirius XM, Rush 93, 6 p.m. Eastern uh, every single week. That's 3 p.m. here on the the West Coast with Michael Bisping, who's currently fighting Anderson Silva – this is my radio, my radio mode uh, – <laughs> on February 27th, so you guys should tune into that as well. And then also my other podcast, which is like my uh, – it's almost my, my little passion project because I think on Legion – it's very specifically like we're getting drunk and fucked up and being crazy. And then, and countdown is very specifically about MMA. If you want a little bit more, of I think my perspective and my worldview kind of what we're doing here yeah. I do a show called the real ass podcast which is just I, it's fucking great I, I love the show the guys that I have on it are really funny Chris Tinkle Zach Amico Chris Scopo they're great young comics that are just doing I mean Tinkle's not Tinkle's been doing it longer than me he's a he's a fucking really funny guy from San Fran that moved to, to New York a little while ago but that show's really good as well and uh, yeah just look out for my stand updates at Gomez and you
1: can find him on Periscope that's where I yeah I love watching your Periscopes
3: have you Watch any of my sleep scopes
1: no uh yes yes <laughs> are you fucking kidding me maybe my favorite one was you and rob <laughs> rob met <Mayhew>, yeah <laughs> oh that was the fucking uh,
3: dude but it was way i uh, it was, here's the thing, half the shit that i do is making fun of myself like yeah. Like, yes, I know it's ridiculous to periscope myself sleeping. People are like, are you an idiot, dude? You're periscoping yourself sleeping. Are you fucking dumb? Somebody on the, I watch it back, right? And it's just me sleeping for hours, right? Yeah. So somebody is in there, they're going, dude, Lewis just isn't funny. He's a fucking idiot, dude. Who periscopes himself sleeping? I'm like, moron, you're watching me sleep, commenting, saying I'm not funny. Do you see how funny that is in itself? It's just hilarious. (laughs) So I did a sleep, I'm doing, I periscope all the time, whatever. I'll just be walking on the train. Walking my dog Whatever I was like I'm gonna do a guest On my sleep scope And then Rob Mayu, Who's a comic from uh, From Canada Who's really funny as well I uh, was like Dude be the guest Sleep in bed with me So we just slept We got naked We got in the same bed And just turned the periscope on And fell asleep And I was really afraid That like You know in the middle of the night Like if you're ever Hanging out with your wife You maybe just get a little a little frisky In the middle of the night yeah. I was afraid I was gonna be Like in half dreaming And then dream rape Rob Mayu. <laughs> And just start pounding him out on Periscope. And that shit will never disappear. That will never disappear. Oh, what's funny is you... I deleted that one right away because when I was getting in the bed, I was naked. I kicked my legs out and apparently my dick and balls yes. showed to the camera. Yeah. And you said it. You're like, dude, I'm pretty sure I just saw your dick and balls. <laughs> yeah. And then I didn't say anything. I just went click and then i went and i deleted it because i knew if i said oh shit i gotta delete that some fucking asshole would oh, grab it immediately
1: immediately i have
3: no idea how they get it but they can pull periscope videos like that
1: dude i i tried to periscope myself showering one time but i turned it on without knowing it was on <laughs> and i fucking totally showed my dick and balls and i was like and i was like and but it what's what's really interesting about it is you see me talking to myself Getting ready to start periscoping. Yeah, like I'm literally like, hey guys, watching my. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, is this fucking recording? And I, and I hit it, and I played it, and you totally see it. And I was like, delete. And this is like the very beginning of Periscope. Yeah, people didn't very know. Very beginning.
3: Yeah, you can't do it. Something like that now, you probably have 30 seconds before somebody takes it.
1: Yeah, what are you? Uh, what show are you doing tonight? Let's all see if we can hang out tonight after the yeah. show. So I think we're done. I'm going like- to come
3: back to the store. I'm going to uh, try to make it to the Roast Battle. Because I host the, uh, the Roastmasters in New York, which is the New York version of Roast Battle at the store. Yeah. So uh, I host it every single week. Is that at the store tonight? Yeah, it's at the store. Sure. Oh, no, at midnight. It. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be... pop in. Oh, midnight might be late for me. Damn. Fuck. I got, I got flappers at 10, so the, the earliest I'll be able to get back is like midnight.
1: Yeah, all right. Maybe I'll – you know what? It's probably better for me not to hang out at the store because I'll just get fucking hammered. And, but uh, yeah, all right. I think Ari's up there. Joe's up there tonight. Cool. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, awesome, man. Uh, enjoy the rest of your stay in L.A. I'll see you Friday. Good bird. Awesome. man.